Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate team mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, guys. Welcome. Liz here. I'm here with my dear friend. It's been quite a minute since she's been on this podcast. Say hello, princess. Oh, hi. Hi. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming back. Thank you. I'm really happy to be back. You know, I had not watched one episode of this season. God bless you. Because uh, it started off in a place that, like, I couldn't go. Oh, with Um, Kaiser. Yeah, with Kaiser and stuff. And as you know, we've been been watching a lot of Yamla Fix My Life. We've been watching Finding Leaving Neverland. We've been watching R. Kelly documentaries. And the truth is, I've had enough child abuse slash child rape content to last me till I die. And so that's why I kind of like got off on it, but not got off on it. Like I, I went away from it, but then you were like, Hey, you want to come on? I was like, Oh shit. I like, all I do is listen to you. And then I had to like catch up. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. We're recording early in the week because I am going out of town this weekend and it's a lot easier for me to do the, when I have to record early in the week, I like to bring on a guest because then it like forces me to do it. Like if I didn't have you here right now, I'd be like just fucking around in my bedroom. Like, fuck, I have to record a podcast tonight. It would take me like a hundred hours. So I was like, let me make sure I square up a guest. And then I remember princess hadn't been on in a while. And this episode was awful, by the way, like (laughs) nothing happened, but there is some breaking news that Ashley just reported that Leah broke up with uh, Jason. Good. Yeah. Apparently he's very controlling. Yeah, he's also, how much older is he than her again? I think 12 years or something, 14 years. I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm not saying an Erica Jane and a Tom Girardi don't work out. I'm not saying that. But it, it, (laughs) that's so funny. I use them when I really don't think they're really married. But (laughs) I think they've been separated for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Well, I don't think it can work out because they're so much older than you and the power dynamic is different. And they, whether they want, they intend to or not, whether you want them to or not, they tend to parent you in a way when there's that big of a, an age difference. You tend to defer to them and eventually you get tired of the shit. And I bet that Dirty John and Leah had a fight about something. And he was like, no, you need to listen. Well, you know, you need to listen to me. And Lisa and Leah, Lisa, Leah was basically like, oh, wait, <laughs> I'm, I'm like a grown up, and I'm not gonna, you're not gonna tell me what to do. It probably was about the kids. I thought it was about the kids, something to do with the kids. Like, I don't know, Jeremy was like, I'm gonna come over and come to this thing at your house. And Dirty John was like, oh, now he wants to come over, and they got into a big fight or something. I, it's something, it's gonna be something strange when you hear it. Yeah, I think that especially someone like Leah lends herself to a relationship dynamic like that because she, first of all, has very low self-esteem and self-worth, especially when it comes to relationships because she feels like 
she has too much baggage for anybody who would want me with two divorces, three kids by two different guys, somebody, a child with special needs. I think she considers herself very like undeserving of a good relationship. And I think she's just a naturally meek person. She doesn't think she's smart. Well, that's she true. isn't. She's also well, not. I'm, I'm just saying like, she's the type of person that like, if somebody was like, no, Leah, no, no, it's this, yeah. this, and this. She'd be like, oh yeah, you know what? I don't know why I thought that <laughs> something like that. And, and that's a really, that's a really good point. Like, and I think that that's an, so I think it was like a, her personality and her life and her situation is kind of just like the perfect storm of an older guy coming in. And I think she also was like convinced herself that she could only be with an older guy because yeah. only an older guy will like understand her life and her situation, but that doesn't mean she needs to get a guy that's like 16 years older than her. Like she can um, get a guy that's four years older than her. Leah has always done this thing. Like I got twins. I'm going to, you know, I got to grow up like that. And do you remember like the second season of teen mom too, when she was walking around with that helmet, like the hair that like, yeah, I feel like she got together with some mom friends, but she's like 17 or something. And the mom <laughs> friends were like 35 and they're like, we're going to cut your hair like this. And she's like, yeah. And she's got like basically a Kate plus eight haircut, except it's like <laughs> a longer then, version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit of a longer version. And then she was wearing like these mom for Kmart sh- clothes. And then she had like blue eyeshadow on. I was like, mm-hmm. Leah, when people say you have babies now, you have to grow up. They do not mean you have to go in and put a costume on. They mean, like, you can't just run around all the time. And she was like, I am growing up. I got this Mary Kay. And I'm like, no. That's, I'm, I'm not doing wet and wild anymore. I got Mary Kay. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So she's always been, if you know, she's always been like that. That's Even true. when her and Jeremy got together, Jer, she, and I remember this because I recently went back and watched every episode of Team Mom 2 from the beginning. And even when her and Jeremy got together, she was saying things like, well, I have two kids, I'm divorced, things move fast because I'm like so much older and stuff. And (laughs) if she would stop saying shit like that, she would get herself in less trouble. Because if she had given Jeremy another six to eight months to kind of like marinate, she would have never married that guy. Never. She did it with Corey. I remember I not that long ago watched an episode where her and Corey got engaged after a month of getting back together and That's she right. called her mom to tell her and her mom's like, y'all sure about that? Like, y- y'all just got back together and she said to her mom, she's like, we already have twins. That's not the same as we're good in a relationship. Like, when eggs and sperm meet each other, they don't go, well, you think they're good for each other? You think they can take the- That's not, they're just like, we're, this is our biological directive. It's not, like, if we just were in relationships with people we got pregnant by, a lot of people can't tear for relationships. I do feel sad for the girls because she had them very involved with this guy and was very much priming him to be their new daddy. Uh, And I think, you know, they spent holidays with him. Like, it's very weird that they're going to, like, look back on their Christmas pictures and, like, there's one Christmas with this guy. (laughs) Like, like they're gonna I mean I know I'm like speaking from a place where my parents were married my whole childhood so I'm not used to that but it kind of just goes to show like maybe don't rush into this and take vacations with and have your girls essentially living with this guy who you haven't even been with for a year 
but they're used to it. They're living with T.R. Hughes or Dews or whatever his name was. Yeah, that's true. Living with him too. And I also think, you know what this is? It's the same thing that's going on with Chelsea. And we'll, when we talk, we'll talk more about this, but it's just this idea of let's, um, let's wrap this up. Let's, 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 uh, let's put a bow on this. That's so true. I, she, and so, yeah. Well, and also I think part of that is definitely like the desire to have that Instagram perfect life where people can comment and be like, you found your happy ending and we'll like make montages of like how many fucking fan made montages are there of Chelsea and Cole, you know, where she's like crying over Adam. And there's like this one that went around a lot where she's like crying to Randy. And it's like, I just want to find my Prince charming. And Randy's like, you will. And then like the next slide is like her and Cole, like kissing, like Leah wants that for herself. Sure. And I can understand that because there's a lot of outside pressure, especially when you're a girl like Leah, who mm-hmm. never wants to be anything but it, yeah. right? She never, like, that's all she wants is to be like everybody else and to just have, like, what she thinks is a normal life. So, like, Leah, she sees stuff on TV and she sees, oh, by the way, you know that Instagram couple Savannah and Cole with um the... Yes. the, the yeah, so I was walking around Everly in their new little yes. baby posing. And the fact that she actually has a father and they act like he, she doesn't. Oh, and, she has a full-form father that she sees and often. And yeah. they, like, on purpose don't use Everly's last name because it's not LeBrant. Yeah, so I was walking around Target and there was a fucking book about them in there. Mm-hmm. And I stopped and I said, who the fuck are they? And I said, that's an Instagram couple. I only know that shit because of my internet friends. Because I don't do, I don't, like, I know all the fucking about them and his hair. And, like, and I just thought about you because you're one of those people that, like, I consider one of my, my, I was about to say Instagram friends, one of my internet friends. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I know about YouTube people, Instagram people, what's that one that's a redheaded and it's about a fox or some shit? Oh, the freckled <laughs> fox who got shot by her new husband yes, she married like one month after her husband died right and, and she's not in jail by the way guys if you want to read something fucking wild google freckled fox getting shot and read all about how this mormon mommy blogger like had a husband die of cancer then she got married like three months later and then he accidentally shot her six months after that like with a gun bullet to her body she's okay yeah, i'm pretty sure they don't live in texas so no they live in <laughs> I'm guessing they live in Utah, but now my head is telling me somewhere else, but I think they live in Utah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I just feel like Leah is, is the type of girl that just like, she, she's just like, I just want what everyone's supposed to have. Mm -hmm. And this is what everyone's supposed to have. So I need to get that. Also, what else does Leah have in her life? Nothing. She's not going to nursing school. Remember, school's hard. Not going to nursing school. I don't think she has a ton of friends. She does her podcast. Like, God bless her. Um, you know, the MLMs, she's constantly trying to, like, get an MLM. But her kid, I mean, she, the girls aren't with her half the time. She always says Addie, but now Addie's in school. Like, what does Leah do all day? And I'm sure when she has a serious boyfriend, she can just funnel all of that, like, desire and passion into him she doesn't have to like sit around and realize like oh i don't have shit going on in my life she shops on the internet oh she sleeps i guarantee she goes back leah to sleep. Be shopping leah be shopping that's why her fucking garages look like that that's why the back of her cars look like that she, she goes back to sleep 
I don't begrudge her that. I've done that plenty of times, taking the kids to school and just been like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to go take a nap. And then woke up at like noon and they get out at like 2.30 and just been like, all right, so I guess I'll start, you know, that's, that's what she does. And then um, calls her mom a lot, um, says she's going to clean up the living room, doesn't. <laughs> like, so, and actually I feel very attacked because I'm talking about myself sometimes. And that is exactly what she fucking does all day. And then by the time she's like, got herself together and gone to Starbucks, Starbucks and shit. It's time to eat the fucking kids. And they're yeah. running around. So yeah. She's probably bored. Oh yeah. She's bored. She's lonely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that. So yeah, I, I don't begrudge Leah all this bullshit, but we knew this was going to happen. You'd barely know him. He looks creepy. I, I don't understand. And the fact that he's on camera talking shit about uh, Jeremy, Jeremy <laughs> is not someone who's going to like watch the show. He probably didn't even watch the show. Someone probably showed him this part or tells him like his mom. He doesn't have a mom, does he? Or is this a he does. We, we've seen her, his mom. Okay. So his mom's probably like, Jeremy, they're talking about you again. They said this, this, and this. And he's like, that's bullshit. Let me do an Instagram live. And I, Jeremy's not going to let that shit go. He's going to be exactly like, I pay right. for my kid. yeah, I pay for my kid. I see her once every six months. <laughs> what else do you want from me? And and he's on there. T- and he's like, Leah does not fight. I bet when you described this last week when she went to go pick up Jeremy. Not pick up uh when they went to swap Addie. She's just she's she's not a confrontational person. So when Jeremy gets out of the car when the cameras aren't there and goes, Leah, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I told you. Um, I can't call her. I don't want to talk to a five-year-old. When she's 11, I'll take her to the fucking movies. You'll be on fucking TV with your new fucking boyfriend talking shit about me, or I'll tell him about that time I came home and found you passed out with three bottles of pills around you. And Leah's like, okay, okay. You know what? That's the producer's fault. You know what? I told him you're a good dad. They just, like, cut it out and then paste it together. Like, that's exactly how those fucking conversations go. Well, he essentially Instagrammed as much where he said something about like don't talk shit on me i keep the secrets (laughs) okay (laughs) not that it wasn't word for word that but like implying like i know shit like keep your mouth shut and i do think like leah leah's never gonna jeremy's never gonna be the villain to audience i can't remember if i Mm -hmm. talked about this last week but like jeremy could do a lot better as a dad he's very emotionally absent he always has been yes he provides financially but he could be there much, much better, like as a father emotionally. But the reality is like, Jeremy is not Adam and he's never going to be Adam. And we see the worst dads on this show. So the audience is never going to see Jeremy and be like, he's a fucking scumbag. We're just not. Because he isn't. Because he doesn't show up high. And I'm going to be honest, like there are lots of, of fathers who only see their kid like once a month, maybe. And talk to him on the phone. Too. And I'm not saying that's the that's the thing, okay? I'm not saying, like, well, good on them. But I'm saying that, like, we are literally watching one of these children be abused and, mm-hmm. like, dragged around on camera sometimes. And, so, and, like, Jeremy's not that. You know, if she wants a villain, if she wants a good storyline where she is the victim, she needs to go back and reconnect with her dad again and have that shit on camera. And then... When her dad goes back to doing the same shit he's always done, he's a drug addict. Um, mm-hmm. He's been on and off all her life. And I think, I think it was you that said that she, when she connect, reconnected with him last time, 
that he kind of drug her into some stuff. Yeah, um, he lived with Jeremy and Leah, and they were getting high together. Right, but she should be like, you know, I've changed my life, and I just want my dad to be part of my kid. They don't have a grandfather like that, blah, blah, you know, all the shit mm-hmm. that they say. And then when he shows up high, when he shows up and she's like, well, you weren't around with my kid. And he goes, what do you want from me? Like, we can all feel sorry for her. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's why Leah's like always looking for a daddy figure. She doesn't really have one. And she can be the victim in that story, but she's never going to be the victim. Let me, let me take that back. She could be the victim in the story with Jeremy, but he's got to hit her on camera. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's got to get like... Uh-huh. Not yeah. that I want Leah to be beat up on camera, but you understand what I'm trying to say. It's, it's not going to be this. Yeah, and I think Leah really, unfortunately for her, just like public opinion-wise, when Jeremy was probably at his worst towards Leah was when she was at the height of her drug addiction, so we just sure. didn't care. Yes, like we didn't he was. Care how Jeremy was treating her, and if Jeremy cheated on her, which I don't think we've ever heard, but like if he did, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Or if Jeremy was partying with her, which I, I personally believe he I was. Think, I think so too. Uh, especially, remember, he like passed out on the job site and then was like having headaches and like didn't want to go to the doctor for it and was like sent home from work. Do you remember that? I was like, hmm, yeah. interesting. Um, and you but, can't, like when you're on a job site like that, if you get hurt and you go to the hospital, they're going to drug test you. Yeah. Because it's part of workman's Workers comp. Workers' comp, yes. Yeah. So definitely like, when Jeremy was, you know, really maybe like not being there for her, like being mean to her, we knew they were fighting because like the twins told Corey that like mommy and Jeremy fight all the time. Like we just didn't care about how Jeremy treated her because she was such a fucking mess. And that was all we could focus on. So it's really missed the boat on like this idea that Jeremy is this awful parent that she wants us to believe he is. And the reality is, it's like a lot of us grew up with Jeremy's for dads where like our dad but I mean, my dad lived with us, but like, could my dad have named like a single one of my friends? <laughs> like, probably not. My, you know, my mom could, she could tell you like all of my closest friends and like what activities yeah. I did. I remember like my dad once filled out this, like for my soccer team, we got these, like, you know how you do like picture day and you can get like a little card of yourself and yeah, he like yeah, yeah. filled out mine and it was, I don't remember what the answers were, but they were like fucking crazy. And I was mm-hmm. like, does, I was like 10 and I was like, does this man know me? Like, no. like, I, I don't think it was like really hurt because I like already by that point understood who my dad was. And he to this day is like this. It's just like the type of person he is. But I think mm-hmm. a lot of us grew up with dads were like, my dad went to work. He made a lot of money. Like we got nice things. But, like, was my dad, like, emotionally there for me? No. Never. And, unfortunately, that's gender roles in our society. And so Jeremy gets a lot more leeway than we would let a mom get for that. And I'm not excusing it. And I think Jeremy could do way fucking better. And I think my dad could have done way better. But the reality is most of us watching this, most women watching this with all this shit and our dads being like that, watch that, and we're like, he's fine. Yeah, he's not. And also, some people... And I think Amber's one of these people too, by the way. Some people don't connect with small children that like that. Like I think you're right. babies aren't that fun for them. Like I too do not want to speak to a five-year-old on the phone. No. Um, no. I don't want to FaceTime with anybody. No. So you gotta FaceTime right. with them too. I hate fucking FaceTime. And so you and me both. Anytime anyone FaceTimes me, I'm like, mm, I don't think so. And I text back, what's up? 
Yeah. And I have nieces and nephews all over the country. And like, I will get a 7.30 fucking a.m. FaceTime call. I'm like, why did your mother let this happen? And so I think that Jeremy's like that. I really think that when Addie gets older, Jeremy will have more contact with her. And again, I'm not saying that's right. Like my dad was in the military growing up. And although he's a very emotionally open person, he's someone you can tell like all your secrets too. And he's like a cuddler and he's like, I don't know. He's, he's like softer than my mom is in a lot of ways. He just wasn't around. And like, I might not see him for two years. And like, I might talk to him on the phone twice mm-hmm. because I don't know, maybe he'd send me a letter or a package or something. And I write him a letter back, but it wasn't like I saw him all the time. Now that's a different reason, but I bet. Yeah, but it is still people- Jeremy's work. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I bet all the up. guys Jeremy works with are like this yep. that don't live with their kids. I bet that's the same thing that happens with their and kids. And their dad, too. and he said his dad works on the, the rigs. So I think yeah, his dad way. was just like that. And he's like, we're fine. Like, this is how it works. Yeah. And also, so gender roles are not just things that, that happen at your house the world imposes them on you. So mm-hmm. like TV, like, like I used to joke that if you, if it was a small child, like you just wouldn't have to tell them it was Christmas. How would they know if you didn't tell them? Well, the world tells them. Nickelodeon tells them. Oh my God. They, Wait, I need to interrupt you because I was babysitting in, uh, in Boca for this family, a Jewish family. And we were watching, we happened to be watching something that was on demand that had commercials and the girl was like three years old. They went to Jewish school. Like there wasn't a single house in their block that had a Christmas lights. Like they lived a very Jewish life, even though the family like wasn't religious, but like they just lived culturally very Jewish. And mm-hmm. um, a commercial came on and we rarely watch shows that had commercials. And so I really particularly, particularly remember this. And it was like a Toys R Us commercial and it was a female elf that was checking them out at like the store. And she was like, what is that? And I was like, I was like, oh shit. Like, how do you explain what an elf is to a child that like really doesn't have a concept of Christmas? And then Mm -hmm. I like, and then like six more Christmas commercials came up. I don't remember what I said. And then we were brushing her her teeth to get ready for bed. And she turned to me and she said, how come Santa doesn't come here? And I said, because we're Jewish and we do Hanukkah. And she looked at me like that was the biggest crock of shit she had ever heard in her entire life. And I just like changed the subject and told her parents about it later. Cause like just the babysitter, but like, this is a girl that she's three years old, goes to Jewish school, lives in a Jewish town, has all Jewish family and Why still was like, and not TV. she doesn't get like commercials or something. Yeah, rarely watches commercials because kids don't watch commercials really anymore. You know what I mean? They watch Paw Patrol on Netflix and she yeah. still was like, yo bitch, where's Santa? Yeah. Because all it takes is, like, one little thing. And so, like, in my household, I have a very, I would say, a very modern relationship. We don't follow gender roles here. Whoever's the best at doing it does it. It's very easy. Like, I handle money. My husband, like, cooks all the time. Like, we just are like, who can do this the best? Let's do it that way. And still, these children will walk past my husband and ask me for things because that's just the way... That's just the way they are programmed by the outside forces around them. And I will have to say, did you see your daddy? And they'll be like, yeah, like, we'll go ask him because he can do the same thing. And, and so, especially where they live, where Jeremy and Leah live. Oh, I, 
I bet you none of the dads do shit. I bet you even if Jeremy was there every fucking day, he'd just be sitting there playing Xbox or like, I don't know, sitting outside barbecuing something. Like, I so all this talk makes it sound like we're like, fuck you, Leah. Jeremy doesn't need to be there, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying is that you're never going to get the fandom to be like, fuck you, Jeremy. Yeah, it's not going to be like that because it's just, He's, like I said, he's got to hit you. And and I'm not saying he's never hit you or anything, but he hasn't done it on camera, so. We're never going to be, like, watching Leah marry to a new guy and be like, he should adopt Abby. No, we're not. We'll be right back after a quick break. Also, we knew Jeremy. So, Adam was only on Team Mom 2 for... Like together with Chelsea, on and off. Maybe the first season. I think the second one too. He was still like coming around. Did he leave? Because when I when I was rewatching this, I noticed that by the time sixteen and pregnant was over, Adam and Chelsea were broken up. And as soon as she started filming for Teen Mom Two, he was back. Well, as soon as she started filming for Teen Mom Two, Randy got her that apartment, and And he was like, "Oh, I want to live here." Yeah. And so they, they were on and off for the first season. I think they, the second season, they were like, I wouldn't say they were together. I think there was a lot of fucking. Mm-hmm. And so, and then that's it. That's, but Jeremy, and also Adam was never a fairy tale. Never, oh. not once on the screen was Adam ever a fairy tale. He was balding at 16, guys. And he was, he looked like the type of guy that was hot because his parents let him stay out all night. And he had weed. That's what he was. He was not. He was never like. And Jeremy was presented to us. This might not have been true, but it was. He was presented to us as Leah's second chance. Her fairy tale from Corey. Mm -hmm. That's how. And so we had maybe a half a season, maybe even a whole season of Jeremy being a stand-up guy. Jeremy's gonna be gonna change my life. Jeremy cares about my kids. Jeremy's gonna be their no daddy. Jeremy, 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 and then. The next time, so like you said, when Jeremy starts to be a bad guy, Leah's high. So, I don't know. He's just not going to have the same arc. And I'm sorry, Leah. But like I said, go find your dad. Take him to some meetings or something. Like, do some shit with him, and I guarantee you we'll be back on your side. Agreed. Let's talk about Leah's segment this week, which was mostly just her girls getting their report cards back. And I will say, though, I was, like, pretty impressed with how Leah talked to them about their report cards and why she was, she was like, I was a little worried. She was going to be like, you have to get good grades because I said so. But she was like, I just want you to learn and go to college. And she said, the most important reason to get good grades is so you can like be smarter and you can learn more. And I was like, wow, Leah, huh? I was not impressed. (laughs) No, I was not impressed because I feel like Oh, I'll Leah. tell you though what I wasn't impressed with after you go. I, I feel like Leah only did that for the cameras because I recall how she didn't take kids to school mm-hmm. on time and they weren't doing their homework. And they were like, I know things have changed a bit in Leah's life. I don't, I think this is for the cameras. It feels like that time she took uh, uh, Gracie to the, the therapist and was like, how do you feel about a therapist? Oh. Blah, 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 blah. It felt like she was performing for us. I did not like her reading the girls' grades out to the whole family, including oh, yeah. 
the television. And this was just me as like a child with learning disabilities whose school was like very, very difficult for me. But mm-hmm. like, I would have been mortified if like my grades were, if we like sat at the table and my parents like read my grades out loud to my brother who always got better grades than me. Um, that would have like really upset me. And I really, as a kid, I like really hated when my parents would talk about me to other people. And I guess they might just be desensitized to it because they're so used to the cameras. But like, I remember like the deep feeling of embarrassment I'd feel when I realized my mom would be on the phone talking about me. And I can't imagine how that feels. Just like, I don't know, whatever, like Liz is having trouble or anything like not, it didn't even have to be bad. I just hated it. Like, don't talk to other people about me. Like, in a, you know, like just normal kid embarrassment, I think. And, you know, when you're like getting old enough to realize like people have thoughts and opinions on you, mm-hmm. like you're becoming aware of that for the first time because yeah. you don't really become aware of that until you're like eight or nine. Sure. And I hated that. And so I can't imagine like being made to sit there as my mom like read my grades out for the camera that would have upset me. Even if a camera wasn't there, it would have been upsetting for me to like have a family meeting about my grades with my brother there. I don't know. I think my parents were very much like kind of raised me and my brother to feel like that wasn't our business when it came to the other one. Like what's going on in her school isn't your business and what's going on in his school isn't your business. And I think part of that was because my brother's extremely gifted and I had bad learning disabilities. So I think my parents tried really, you know, actually very much props to them, tried very hard to make sure that like, I didn't feel less than because of my brother. Um, And I think just because of how our personalities were and they like actually worked really hard at that. But I can't imagine like, I guess it's different in other families, but just like how it was in my family, it was very much like what goes on with your brother is not really your business. That's like between the adults and your brother. And like what goes on with you is between the adults and you. And that's not your brother's business. Normally how it goes on in everybody's family, but unless you're filming a reality TV show where one of your siblings is like uh, medically just, you know, disabled and like, like, and all the time people ask you how you feel about that. In my house, I was the person who had the best grades and who easily did everything. And my brothers really struggled. And I, so like a report card time, I would be ecstatic. I would be, I'd be like, yeah, read my fucking grades. And I'd be like, yeah, I am. Look guys, look what I've been doing. That's right. I've been making all these great grades. But the thing that used to bother me was that it felt like, so like my mom never showed up to any of my, um, parent-teacher conferences because mm-hmm. she already knew what they were going to say and she had three other kids to go to and my mom never like uh she never like was like so tell me about school or anything she was like yeah 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 we know what's happening and and so like it's very triggering for me because I'm like one of those people that um I self-soothe really easily and I just like handle things and like if I'm not having a good day or if I'm like uh in a like in a mess or something it's very triggering for me to be for someone to be like yeah yeah you'll figure it out oh it's gonna be fine or like just kind of dismiss me and recently my therapist was like um so you seem fine and and I was like excuse me I am crazy and she was like no we should get down to like once a month or something because you like you take direction really well you're coping with things you're like coming back with like you know your homework done and I was like 
don't you know this is how my mother treated me? <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and, and like, like, so I can imagine being your brother and being like, oh, Liz is going to this school. Oh, Liz is getting this. Oh, Liz is going to Weight Watchers. I'm remembering the story no, you told no, me no. about. My brother, my brother's like, so here's the thing. I don't think I've ever explained this. My brother's so introverted. I mean, we've never talked about this, but I think my brother's so introverted that he would rather like die than have the family attention on him. And I think like <laughs> I'd rather die than have like the thoughts. I don't know. I would have to talk. I don't want to speak for him, but. Right, right. Also, like, you, you, have to, you also have to understand that like with all of that attention also came like the wrath of my dad and like just like the hatred the of the yelling and my brother like just kind of like went on his computer and like got ignored so it's like he got positive and negatively ignored I think where I got positive and negative attention and I'm not sure mm. I think his personality and how he is today but I'm not sure if he developed that personality because of how my parents treated him or if it's because it's his personality. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure which one it is. It's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg type of situation. Sure. But like, so I think, but I, my brother, like I said, is very smart. So I think he always kind of understood like, well, they're not like doing this, but also dad's not screaming at me. So like, this is preferable this is preferable to actually get attention because I don't want that type of attention. Yeah. He understood the type of attention that came with it. I think. Was he, was, so when you talk about like, cause you talk a lot about your family. Okay. And you talk about your dad and how he'd just be yelling all the time and how you'd be, and sometimes your parents would be yelling at each other and how you get involved and you mm-hmm. just be like, like on your mom's side, it was you and your mom against your dad a lot. Or you have friends over and you'd but be where's like, yeah. Your brother? yeah. Yeah. Where's your brother? Is he just okay. looking on like, why are these people so crazy? <laughs> so, yes, to an extent. My brother's always been very introverted. He's extremely smart. He's always been into computers and video games. And part of the way our house was is we had what we called a study, but like an office that was my brother's basically. Yeah. And that's where his computer was. And so he would just like be in the study like with the door shut <laughs> or he would like go in the <laughs> to play video games, like with the door shut. And I don't mean to laugh. I just find it very funny. <laughs> so my, that one of my best friends, Megan always describes me as like an only child that has a brother and <laughs> it's very true. And part of that is just because I'm like, not anymore, but I was just like such a tornado of a person that like I demanded all the attention. I was a lot more like my parents than my brother was. Like my brother is just very different from the rest of us, but I would say in a much more positive, like in a good way. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he drank like once or twice in his life. Like he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke. Like he is very in control and very different from like, he's the black sheep that way. Uh, I think he saw like what drugs and alcohol did to like everybody else in my family and was like, no, thank you. And he didn't make a lot of friends until high school. Like he always had friends though. He was never like a loner. He always had friends and always played sports, even though he was like a computer geek. Like he also played sports. He played varsity tennis in high school, you know, like he was really good at sailing. So he, it's kind of hard to explain because he was there but would just like be in his study like on his computer because we also had like completely (laughs) unsupervised computer and tv time like we were allowed to 
we were just allowed to do whatever we wanted essentially. And my brother has just always been like the type of person who I think he like recognized like how crazy our family was and like chose to remove himself from it. Right. And this like, is why you were like age. on AOL, like catfishing people and like when I was whatever. Eight. Yes. Like when you're eight, you're like, Literally. I'm blonde with big boobs. <laughs> like, when I was like eight or nine years old, I was doing that. And my cousin yeah. got a stalker. It was like this whole thing. It was awful. <laughs> All right. But yeah, so my brother was there, but just like preferred to do his own thing, which also like isn't great. And like my parents shouldn't have no. like been fine with that. But I do think that like in the grand scheme of our childhoods like my brother was a lot better off sure but, but you I should talk to him about it because no, we just perspective, i know i know i know but if you ever get a chance where you guys look he's visiting or whatever you guys are having well you wouldn't be having a drink but you understand you have like yeah. some, some bonding time. yeah you should ask him what his perspective is because you might be shocked at what he says he might be like yeah you guys are crazy and i was trying to stay away but he was also like but i also felt super alone and you and mom were like Mm-hmm. like this and I had nobody or maybe he'll say Liz what the fuck are you talking about I had a great childhood and mm-hmm. I was allowed to be on AOL all the time no because whenever like it does come up you'll be like mm-hmm. and there are certain things like he remembers and yeah but also like I think part of it is it's very hard to describe my brother if you don't know him like if you haven't physically met him I think with my brother especially just knowing me just because and you would assume he's like kind of like me, but mm-hmm. we're so different that like when I describe my brother, I talk about my brother. It's like hard for people to kind of understand what I'm saying without like he doesn't speak a lot. He's like a mumbler. And really, the best thing to ever happen to my brother is that he met his girlfriend like the first week in college, and they've been together ever since and like have a baby. And she yeah. is yeah. like perfect for him because she is a lot more extroverted and a lot better communicating with everybody and has kind of like taken on the role for my brother of like being part of our family. Yeah. I have a brother like that. That did the exact same thing. He got married to a woman that like, they later got divorced by the way, but we adore her so much. And she's like such like an entrenched part of our family. I can't that, remember. Like, I'm like, was Brittany ever not in our family? Right. And, <laughs> like, and my sister, my name is Lisa. And like, she is so so much a part of my family that like my my she and my brother do not live together anymore he lives in another place he's moving to germany soon and my dad like just goes over lisa's house and like hangs oh. out over there and mows her lawn and like it's like lisa do you want to go to walmart and my, she's like yeah let's go to walmart and just they just her and my dad just hang out like like yeah. we love lisa we love her and i really think that like she and she doesn't, I know she does it on purpose. And I like, sometimes I'll just directly text her things. Like instead of going through my brain, you know what I mean? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, Hey, yeah. here's like the direct thing that you need to know. Um, mm-hmm. And she just like is so good at, and like I said, they were 18 when they got together and now my brother's 33. So like right. she's been around forever. And like, she really has figured out how to like include him more in her family but I don't know sometimes I think like maybe he felt he was lonely but sometimes I wonder like if he truly just didn't care I'll yeah it might have been both you should and I'm sorry that I brought up like your brother and was like let's talk about your family no, it's issues fine, because my brother's great like he is yeah fucking brilliant he's so he's nice he's very funny he's also like 
very artistic and can draw well and write. He used to like write music and he like his big passion is he still does like quiz bowl stuff, which is like Jeopardy. And he mm-hmm. writes the quiz bowl questions, which is like, you have to be next level, like genius to do that. He watches, you know, he keeps up with pop culture. He loves music. So he's like a great, awesome person. So I don't mind talking about it because I feel like if he was awful, I'd be like, <laughs> let's not talk about it. But I feel like I can talk about this stuff because he's like, I would never want to say something on here that like, if he listened to it, be hurt by. No. You know, and well, you only talk about him in great, like, I've never heard you say whether, like, online or privately or on this pod, you've never said a negative thing about your brother ever. Like, you only talk about him and his cute baby and, you know, like, his great life. Oh, little Leo. Yeah. My mom's there. My mom's there in Seattle right now with them. So, oh. yeah, I just, like, would never want to, but, like, also the thing is, it's, like, the two of us have this relationship where we're not very close, but I think we both have like a deep respect for one another. And like when Do we're you, together, we're very, we get along very well and we have like a a good understanding of stuff and we can have conversations and like get what each other's saying, but we're just, he's just like not the person to be that close with. So I'm pretty close with his wife. Do you think that when Allie and Gracie grow up, that yeah. they, I know they're twins, so it's a different thing. So that's, that's an added layer. But do you think that they will be similar, like not exactly close, but maybe an understanding of each other? Or do you think it's going to be a messy relationship between the two because of like growing up on camera, growing up with a stable sister, growing up with a mom who like was super young, didn't know what to do and you know, all that. Well, first of all, the answer is dark because. Oh no. Oh, that's right. Cause Allie's going to die. I might not live. Um, no, she's but in likely. a reality, I, I just don't, I don't think that we can really like look at their relationship like that because the reality is, is that like, at Allie, Gracie is going to be more of like a caretaker role. Well, probably not. Cause Leah will still be around, you know, so Leah will still be, Leah's really young. Leah's going to outlive Allie, unfortunately, but that yes. means that, I mean, God willing, but that means that Gracie won't be like forced to step into the caretaker role, which is often the case with uh, disabled children. Their siblings are the ones that have to end up, you know, caring for them once the parents die. And Mm -hmm. I think that if we, if we remove that and we just think of like Allie grows up to be like she is now where she has disabilities, but it's not, you know what I mean? Like all encompassing. Yeah. uh, I think that it will be hard for them because I think that once they hit middle school, Gracie's not going to want anything to do with Allie. It's going to be completely different when they hit middle school. I mean, it's already starting, but it's, I think Grace really, really struggles with having her whole identity be wrapped up in her disabled sister. And I think Gracie is very pretty and outgoing and funny and she's going to be popular Plus sure. the, the whole teen mom camera element of it all. Um, yeah. And I think that Allie's, I mean, Allie's not going to be popular. Think, She's going to be in a wheelchair. She might not be able to talk. Like I have. She might be, wait, wait. She might be popular because she's well known because she's on the show and she might have a fine like experience, but it's not going to be Gracie's experience. It's going to be and different. She won't go to, it's going to be very games. different. She won't, you know, she might, but it's like, I have, so I went to 
school with someone who has muscular dystrophy and he's still alive and we we still talk we see each other sometimes and like you know if grace like loses her ability to speak by middle school you know like i think it really yeah. depends on if she's completely wheelchair bound like the reality is is like she's not going to be running after grace running around with gracie at school dances like she's just not and sure. i think Fair that you're going to be different that will put a strain on and i think that's probably where they're a little more like me and my brother and that one is going to be like more popular and social and the other one isn't. And I think that that creates like a weird dynamic in the house. I also, so you, so one thing I want to add though is that, so you said Gracie's identity will always be wrapped up in, and well, not always, but it's, it's wrapped up in her disabled sister. Also, Allie's identity is wrapped up in Grace's um, yeah. image as well, because she, no matter what happens, here is an example of what your life would have been like if things were different. It reminds me, like, when I think of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, when I think of Mary-Kate, and I, we all know she struggled with eating disorders and mm-hmm. probably uh, drug issues as well and various things, but it must be so hard to go places and be business partners with someone who looks like what you would look like if you were better, who like literally looks like is an example of what you would look like. Now, Allie and Gracie don't have that problem, but still here's an example of what your life would be if it wasn't this. And, and I can't like, so if you have disabilities, you find ways to cope with them or you you figure out what your normal is and what your life is like but it must be very hard to go down that path i think the reason ali isn't in the chair like she should be i think the reason ali doesn't um sometimes get the care she should be is because gracie's there and gracie can do it and then here's yeah so um and i forgot that if this show goes on for another 10 years which i don't think it will but if it does it's quite possible we could watch god forbid i mean i guys i hope the people listening to this know i'm not like oh i'm you know definitely ellie's going to die and i'm so cheerful about that i'm not saying that i'm just trying to be like honest about what the possibilities are it's quite possible we could watch ellie die yeah or if not die like be i mean like i said my friend that has muscular dystrophy is like almost completely paralyzed doesn't really have speech like is it's not an easy life right we could see how things worsen for her and plenty of disabled people live wonderful lives but it's really hard when you're complete, when you're always being compared to something that you just physically cannot be. So like the idea of Allie finding a place where she belongs, peers that, um, that make her feel like she fits in activities that she feels like, like happy to be doing and feels like this is, this is part of my personality. I'm, I do this. I, you know, Mm -hmm. it's really hard because there's always like, well, Gracie does that. So why can't I do it? And yeah, yeah. Very so true. I. Oh, wow, no, way to bring dark. down the room, princess. <laughs> no, it's dark. It's really dark. But I was going to say, did anything else even happen in Leah's segments? No. But no, that's really it. Um, I also felt like I did not like her calling Jason to discuss their grades. 
No, because they're none of his business. Even as a step parent, guys, so I'm also a step parent. Um, I talk about this a lot when I get on the show, but my husband, when we've been married about five years, found out he had an eight-year-old daughter that had been put up for adoption in his absence. Um, and her adoptive family, who were relatives, reached out to um, find him and be like, you know, she knows who her bio mother is. She, she questions about her bio father. We'd like you to meet her. And she became a big part of our life. She's, she just turned 17 a couple of days ago. She's like, we, by the grace of God and her adoptive family, we are really close to her. And she is a stepdaughter to me. And, and her father is a father to her. And it's great. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's wonderful. But the thing is, I'm a step parent and like, and it's a double layer because she's technically adopted. She technically, my husband has no legal rights to her whatsoever. So like, there's a way you interact with these things. Like, I'm not in charge of her grades. I would never comment on her grades unless she was like, hey, did you see what I got in history or whatever? And I would like compliment her, but I would never like be like, so let's talk about these grades. I would never comment on anything of that her relationship with her bio mother like you'd never I you'd never catch me on tv talking shit about Jeremy ever because it's not it's outside of my role and also Jeremy has guns so I would never be like out here talking reckless about Jeremy you don't care about going to jail so like I just why I keep calling him dirty John his name is Jason right mm -hmm. so I don't understand how Jason is so enmeshed in this life that's exactly it like how and i think i said this last week like they are trying to talk like they're a long-term couple when they've been together for six months right and and i also think she do you think that she has looked at chelsea's playbook and said that's what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. cole gets to come here do you really think that because mm -hmm. she hasn't read it right because that cole wasn't doing that at six months yeah i think well I think that she look no 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 no. I think that she looks at Chelsea's playbook and wants the outcome and the attention yeah. and the adoration, but doesn't understand how to get there and sure. also does not feel worthy to get there. And I think she understands she has a lot more hurdles than Chelsea had to get there. Yeah, I mean Chelsea's never nodded out on camera. Well, and also, like, she doesn't have, I mean, Chelsea had a one five-year-old, you know, like, no divorces, and, like, I'm not shaming Leah for it, but that is baggage. Like, she has two baby dads, two divorces, she's cheated on both of them on camera, like, on a drug addiction, camp. there's just a lot more, Chelsea's life was, like, a lot more of a linear path to Cole, and sure. I think that Leah isn't sure how to get, get to her Cole, which by the way, like, I hate that Cole's not, you, Cole's not some like standard, uh, like, oh my God, we all need to find our Cole. Like, I really, truly don't believe that. Yeah. But yeah. I really do think, I think Leah isn't jealous of Chelsea. I really am not a person that like to throw around the word jealousy because I think it gets so overused, especially when it comes to Chelsea and how all the yeah. girls are so jealous of her. And I don't think it's like that, but I think that it's like what we were saying earlier. That's just what Leah wants in her life. And I think it'd be hard not to look at Chelsea and be like, let me find that. And hard not to look at Kale and be like, I don't want that. Can you imagine 
if Leah had actually gotten Robbie. Like if she had gotten pregnant by Robbie instead of um No, I can't. I no, I Because if you the reason I'm thinking that is because I'm thinking like if we went back to a year before we met Leah, what did Leah want? And it's similar to what she wants now. And but she thought she was gonna get it in Robbie. That's, I can't believe we've like never really had Robbie on TV. And he's like been in her life until recently. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't cute. But he was cute for Is he under sixteen pregnant? I can't really remember. Yes, he was. Okay. She went out to she went out to um or he might have been on her team mom her first season because she went out to like hang out and Robbie was gonna be there. And I think that was had, like sixteen and pregnant. He had a ton of pimples and like a backwards hat. And like That's I'm sure type. he was cute. Yeah, oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like because the reason I like I said I think about that is because honestly, the things that Leah wanted when she was 15, going on 16, getting pregnant in high school are the same things she kind of wants now. And she just wants a home. Mm-hmm. She wants someone who is like her man and like to not be alone. You know, she's a real Vicky Gunvalson. Oh my God. Yeah. Not, not in her work. <laughs> no. Vicky no. makes money. Why don't you don't. work? <laughs> I have to go to work. We work. Why you work? Job. <laughs> not in that aspect, but in the <laughs> aspect that she just wants a man that like every day gives her a Hallmark card. Like remember Rob Brooks it. would give Vicky a card every single yeah. day with affirmations? Remember that? Like, that's that's her love language. Yes. That's her love language is words of affirmation. You're absolutely right. Vicky always wants to be married. Vicky always wants someone who just, like, says you look beautiful tonight. And when she gets into a fight at a dinner party, goes, all right, we're leaving. You're not going to talk to my woman that way. Like, that's what she wants. Yeah, she wants somebody to be there every day when she gets home. She wants somebody that wants to put her on social media. She wants somebody that, like, that's what Leah really wants. I saw this thing on Facebook recently that was, like, you know, just a stupid meme shared on Facebook. And it was, like, what I want. A guy who texts me good morning, doesn't wait to text me back, and puts pictures of me on his social media. That is such a low bar. It's on the fucking floor. Princess, (laughs) I know. I know. but, But I think a lot of women... I'll say women and not girls, but girls as well. But women of like my generation have really been trained to think that like, that's the standard of relationship that we want. Maybe not my age, but like definitely Leah's age and a little bit, you know, like 22 to 27, let's say, Okay. um, have really like been trained to think like, that's what I want. I think that describes Vicki Gumbelson and also by the way, who's from the Real Housewives of Orange County, if you guys don't know. And also they describes- better fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> and also describes Leah. Like, she just wants a guy that will, like, put her picture all over Instagram and be like, you're so amazing, babe. To make him, to make her, her his woman crush Wednesday? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's what she wants. When are we going to get to the point where most people realize that it's perfectly okay to be single? What is Khloe Kardashian gonna stop trying when is she gonna like single for four and a half years and it's it's fine it's fine and i know and whenever i talk about this people be like well it's fine for you to say that you're fucking married i'm just like but i i wasn't born married (laughs) i was like i was single a lot and i kind of liked it and it and it wasn't that bad 
And the only reason I'm married is because he was equal to or better than being single. Otherwise, I'd still be fucking single. What is wrong with you? <laughs> like, why would I? Why would I trade okay for bad? And that seems like, ugh, whatever. You guys, I'm about to go on a rant, but I just. I would love it till we get to the point where people are like, you know what? I'm okay going on dates. Like if I see somebody I like, I'll go out. Other than that, I'm busy. Fuck it. I don't, I don't really have time to be like sitting around worried about whether or not somebody's going to put me on their fucking Instagram. You're preaching to the converted. Okay. Let's move <laughs> on to Brie, who, by the way, Brittany tweeted something that D. Jesus is not her real last name. And apparently, so now it's come out that apparently D. Jesus is not, Bree's last name, Brittany's last name, or Nova's last name, and their last name is Soto, S-O-T-O, I think that's how you pronounce it, Soto. Jesus is Roxanne's name, and it's just the name that they've always used for TV. So, yeah. why is she tweeting that then now? Well, because somebody called Brittany's work and, like, asked her Brittany Jesus, so she knew it was, like, some crazy teen mom person. I don't even know where, but... What so why did she tell what her real name was so they could call back well, and ask she her? she didn't say what her real name was. She just said, that's not my real name. And then, like, people online were like, oh, yeah, it's Soto, which I guess is Brianna's dad's last name, you know, because Brittany is a different biological dad. But she never knew that until they went to uh, family boot camp or, like, whatever couples, the fuck that Couples was. therapy family edition. Yeah. yeah. And so this whole thing where they're talking about changing Nova's last name from D. Zeus, apparently that's not even her last name. Isn't that like, so I can't figure out this storyline to save my life. Why she would want to give, she's like, I just think Devon deserves to have Nova have her last name. It's like, well, how about just Devon get her one week in a month then? If he's doing so much better, how about like, you know what? You really deserve that. I'm going to drop her off one week in a month and I haven't been doing that her whole entire life, but I'm going to do that because I think you're doing better. and You deserve to have that contact. And he would say, okay. Like, this is definitely, definitely, definitely a storyline. You can tell even from Devon right. when he's like, okay, sure, that'd be great. You know, it will take a while. It's going <laughs> to yeah. be a process. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. And, and also, he brought up something very important. Hey, this little girl already writes her name every day at, at school. What the fuck? <laughs> like, you can't, you can't just, like, slide that in on her. It has to be like, you have to have some conversation. It has to be some, you know what this is like? This is like people who adopt kids and this happens all the fucking time. More than you know, they adopt some 10 year old and it's like, well, don't you want your name to be Mandy now? And sometimes the kid is like all about that. Don't get me wrong. A lot of times kids get adopted and are like, oh, I get to choose a new last name. Then I want a new first name too. And this is what I like to be called. But also a lot of times they're like, Actually, my name's been Ashley for like 10 years. I'm good on that. And it just, it's so fun. It's too, she's too old for this. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't change anything. And so. Well, that's the thing. What did you think that the goal would be? She's like, well, Stella has Lewis's last name. What did you think the goal would be to change Stella's last name? Not Nova's. Yes. <laughs> it would be, Yes. Who, oh, by the way, is turning to such a little cutie pootie. Oh, and you know, my she God, so she's cute. so fucking cute. And I didn't think she was that cute before. Me either. But I now, it's when they were like at lunch and she was like shaking her head no that she didn't want something, I was like, oh, I love her so much. 
I loved her when she like pretty much body checked Brittany to get to that door. She like, <laughs> Brittany put her down and she did like a, a football move where she kind of like turned and swiveled and was like, I'm getting to this door. I love, like, you know what? Brianna makes some fucking cute kids. Cute. Oh my God. And if you guys do not agree that these kids are cute, I'm going to say it. You're probably a hater. I'm going to say that because these oh, are Oh, I was going to say you're a racist. I was going to- no, Okay, well, I wasn't going to say racist. I was going to say you're a hater. And you're a hater because of whatever reason you don't like Brianna. But you can hate Brianna. Hate her. And still acknowledge those are some good looking fucking kids she's got. Oh, Yeah, so I just don't understand the storyline of like Devon's reward is- Nope. Nova getting- But I do remember- on what on her 16 pregnant wasn't Devon pissed about the last name Devon was pissed and the reason is this that her and Devon never really I want to say dated I feel like they went out on like two dates and fucked and she around. got pregnant yeah they messed around they were never exclusive and so her getting pregnant was a shock to the Devon in a lot of ways and she was just like I'm pregnant deal with it and then he kind of disappeared on her and then she was mad because he wasn't coming around and then like she chose that name by herself because she said he wasn't coming around to like help pick a name. And there was a problem because at the birth, so he finally shows up. I think he, he was like one of those ones that didn't show up right away. She choose, she puts Dehusus or Soto or wherever the fuck it is now on the birth certificate. And he gets into a fight with her mom and has to be removed from the, uh, <laughs> the birth room. That's, and, and it wasn't on camera. It was a, it was an illustration. It was an animation. <laughs> I miss those <laughs> illustrations like that. Yeah, they just showed him like being really mad and going, Err! and then having to leave the room. <laughs> I can picture it so perfectly in my head. And they like draw steam out of his ears. Yeah, and so then when Team Mom 3 came and she was on, the, like part of it was that she doesn't have my last name. You never let me see her. I can only see her if I come to your house. And then when I get there, we start arguing about shit. And then the one time he could see her, they were like, yeah, but you can stay here. We'll go out in the car. So they go out in the car. Yeah, all three days. Go out in the car. Nova's crying because she's a fucking baby. Her mommy just left. And, oh, she was such a cute little ball of brown butter. Oh, my gosh, she was so cute. And um, so they hear her crying. And Brianna's like, fuck this. I'm going back in and goes back in and like basically makes Devon leave. They were like outside for like 10 minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> it was stupid. So I wonder if in Bree's head, she's like, I'm going to re- reward Devon with this because he really no. cared about it six years ago. No. What happened is the, the producer was like, what are you going to be doing? This is, this is like the, I might get an abortion uh, storyline. You mean adoption? I might put her up for adoption. adoption. No, you're right, because she was, like, six months pregnant. Why did I say abortion? Well, because <laughs> she was going to get an abortion and went to the clinic, and then Roxanne was like, call Lou one more time. Roxanne, you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, and, who? And like, I know people say that they tune into this podcast to talk about teen mom and not abortion, but uh, <laughs> this is part of it. So, like, she said, so this thank you for correcting me the adoption storyline this is what this is like like i'm not saying she never considered it i'm not saying that what i'm saying is that they're going to draw it out a lot longer than she actually considered it and brie's not going to court brie's not going to court brie's not filling out paperwork which is the real reason why lewis isn't really on child support yet is because (laughs) she doesn't like going to fill out paperwork and three like 
I think Nova, because I saw the previews for next week, and they were like, no, they're telling Nova. And Nova was like, they're like, do you want to have your dad's last name? And Nova had this look like, who? <laughs> like, Nova who had no fucking clue what they were even talking about. They're like, whose last name? That guy? Cousin Devon? His cousin Devon. I keep telling you guys, Devon is a bum-ass cousin who they love to have around, but they don't leave their purse around him unattended. Yeah. She thinks his last name is DeJesus, too. So she's like, why would... What do you mean? We all have the same last name. She's like, well, first of all, she's probably like, what's a last name? Because yeah, she's she, six. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean? Like, and how do you change? Like, she also, she has no concept of that. Like, people change their last name. No! Like, if Brittany got married and changed her last name, Nova will probably be super, like, why? How? (laughs) The only reason that, like, Aubrey even knew about it is because Chelsea was like, my last name is going to be DeBoer! Like, all the fucking time and put the big D all over her house. And they have DeBoer stuff everywhere. everywhere. And she's like, my last name is DeBoer because I'm now married, like, over and over to Aubrey. Yeah. But, like, they don't, I'm positive they don't talk about last names often in at Brianna's house because they're just not that relevant to them no and also keep in mind that we've talked about this before Brie and her family are poor people okay Mm -hmm. and poor people don't get married at the same rates as um people with more money because for a lot of reasons I mean we can get into the socioeconomics of it but it's just they don't get married as often and it's I like, I know whole families where nobody's ever married. Nobody's ever been married. Nobody, it's, it's just how it is. And so I can imagine that Nova's whole life are women, women aunties, great aunties, tias, and yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. and like the idea that someone got married and changed your name and all them have the same name is, is foreign to her. Mm-hmm. And also Devon is foreign to her. Devon if you said Devon, she might be like, that guy that was sleeping on the couch for a while? That guy? Like, well, she, I do. Because they'll be like, did you have fun with daddy? And you can always tell that it, like, takes her beat. Yeah, because it's just how it is. And, like, we can say that's sad. Like, all things considered, how can I say this? So I volunteer a lot with um, displaced children. Uh, and particularly this year, I'm volunteering with LGBT um, displaced children, people that uh, often have been displaced, displaced because of their gender, their um, sexuality, how the way they present. And one of the things they taught me in my training before I started volunteering at the house was that you meet people where they are. Not every time, not everybody can be like we can hold up our ideals that people have two parent families. Everyone's involved. There are no drugs. There are no fighting. There's no, no one ever yells and everything's, and people eat dinner at six and they get like enough vegetables. And like, yeah, that is, yeah. In a perfect world, everyone would have this, these perfect lives, but most people don't and can't be in those situations. So the fact that Nova doesn't have an active father relationship Okay, so that's where we are at this point. The but she is loved. She is incredibly loved, and she at least knows who her father is and can see him. And they're working on it. So why are we rushing this? So I think that something that they've done well on accident 
is that they've never really like held up Devon as daddy to her ever. Uh And I think that's greatly benefited Nova. And like, we can compare Aubrey who, you know, like, don't you want to see daddy? Don't you want to be with daddy for the first like four years of her life? Because Chelsea was desperate to be with Adam. And so she would like desperately shoehorn him into this daddy role, kind of at the expense of Aubrey. Although I don't really blame her for it. Like that's her dad. (laughs) Like I understand like Chelsea's desperate need for him to be like, to be the dad. But I don't think that Brie or her sister or mom have ever really like held up the idea of like a dad in Nova's life. So I don't think Nova really feels like she's missing out on anything by him not being around. And like, I think that's pretty unique out of all the teen mom kids. I can't think of any of the other ones that like, I guess maybe Jace with Andrew, except now he's noticing more because like there are other dads around like Kaiser's or whatever, or David's around. But I think I would bet for the first like five or six years of Jason's life before there was really a man steady around, like Jason give a fuck. And I think that maybe probably as she gets older, she'll care more. But first of all, we have to remember that Nova's like four years younger than the OG kids. And like oh, yeah. younger. Nova's only six and Aubrey's nine, I'm pretty sure. Like she's significantly younger, at least two years, if not three years younger than uh, the teen mom two kids, which is important. She's closer to Addie's age than to the twins. And she's only in first grade. And um, so I think, like, no, they've just never been like, Devon's your daddy. He's your daddy. Where's your daddy? Daddy's here. Daddy's gone. Like, what's a daddy? Like you said, it's a whole family of Tia's and Abuelita's. Not, you know, Mm -hmm. not grandpa, grandfather, Tia. Like, those just aren't in her life. So when they're like, how's your daddy? Like, I don't think that word just has that much meaning for her yet. No. And I also think that like, if the goal is, if you're saying that Devon is doing better, which he seems to be, I mean, I don't know what, what he's doing, but he's got a place that's better than he's ever been. I mean, we also have to remember Devon. I mean, like I said, not only is Devon like Nova younger, but Devon's younger too. He's like 23 or 24, you know? Okay. So and I think you had a theory that, like, much like Levi did with um, Bristol, what's going to happen is he's going to get older. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a little more mature. He's going to get a woman in his life who's also going to ground him to a certain state and be like, hey, don't you have that kid? Yeah. You should see the kid. And, and oh, don't worry. I'll set it up. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, women tend to, to, like, do that in men's lives. And then, yeah, and then Nova's going to be – yeah. yeah exactly and nova's gonna be older and i think they're gonna have a different relationship but if we're gonna say that the goal is for nova and devon's relationship to grow the last name is super not important what is important is the time they spend together Mm -hmm. and the bond that they share and they do have a certain bond but like yeah maybe i could maybe friday nights every other friday night i'll drop her off and on saturday morning you gotta bring her back to me yeah and we'll start there and see how it goes yeah, and maybe that's how they could do it. Yeah, I I just really think that like they didn't do it on purpose, but they made Devon their bum cousin that they love. And that is truly how like Nova sees him. And I think that's for her benefit. Yeah. Um, also, did you notice that what Brittany was wearing? I was like, damn, Brittany. And she she looked like she had like potatoes like in her clothes. <laughs> like 
She was she was shoplifting potato. Like, like I did not notice. She had like a a large behind, which she does because of Dr. Miami and all that. But then she also had like little pieces poke. I was like, what, Brittany? And what are you wearing? And what are you? Oh, also, we should acknowledge that Brittany is Nova's dad. So like, yeah. <laughs> well, Brittany. We... Yes, agreed. Also, we need to talk about um, Nova twice in the car without a seatbelt on. Yeah. Well, wait. I saw her she wasn't in a booster or anything. Oh, I, and I, wait, no, I think she had her seatbelt on. It wasn't on correctly. I think she was lying back and she had that top part put and she didn't have her booster in. Somebody posted a, a still like on a, Reddit. There was and it really no wasn't. seatbelt buckled in at all. Yeah. Just, she's so little. She's so little. I, you know what? I'm going to give it to them. No, I'm not going to give it to them because she didn't have her booster. But if she had her booster and it wasn't buckled and she wasn't bucking in, I could totally see them getting in the car and she gets in the car and she never buckles up and no one looks back there to see that she didn't. I could see that. But she didn't have the booster. So no, they had no intention of her buckling. Never mind. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if like that seat, that that captain seat that she was sitting in is sometimes Brittany's seat. And when that happens, Nova goes all the way in the back. Because you would think her car seat would just be in, like, a permanent place in that car. Yeah. yeah. And, like, never okay. moved because they should they can afford to have one in her car and one in uh, Roxanne's car if Roxanne still has her own car. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I'm sure there's definitely a second car in that family, you know? Like, Brittany definitely has her own car. Like, they can afford multiple car seats. There's no reason for their car seat to ever be out of the car. And for Nova just to straight up not be buckled in is disturbing. Hey, um, so last week when you were talking to Troy and you were talking about how disturbed you are about Lewis, that he can't perform. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean, that he can't, that he's not following the social contract. That, mm-hmm. And if someone won't follow the social contract, you, they're, They'll kill you. they're a wild card. They, they can They'll do anything. You. They, yes. You could say hi and they could stab you like, because yes. they're not following the rules of the game. And so if he can't, if all he does is sit a sad face, <laughs> when you say his daughter is getting surgery, I don't mean to laugh. I just find that, like, I don't even know how to respond to that. Because it's so wild. It's so, it's almost worse than ignoring it. Yes, it is worse. It's like, or if he like sit like if he just is crazy if he sent you a picture of himself crying just a photo of him crying and then never took contact with you again and you're like what what happened so yeah I understand what you're saying also people so I like on Twitter I was like what should we talk about today and so oh, I saw like, that because I had like nineteen I don't really use my EBP Twitter anymore because I've just like moved to Instagram but I had like Instagram nineteen Twitter. notifications on that Twitter and I was like why do I have nineteen notifications. And then I What's see happening? Princess has <laughs> tagging me in it. Sorry, but people want to talk about how boring um, Roxanne has gotten now that she's, she's like, Ill. I think she's ill too. That's what I was going to say. I think she's ill. I also think like, it's not fun to fight with Devon because Devon's not doing anything. Lewis is really there. Devon. <laughs> like, I think she genuinely enjoys spending time with Devon. Devon is a child to her. She's known Devon since, yeah. uh, I guess Brittany was 16 and Devon was maybe 17 or 18. She's like, Devon is a child to her. Mm-hmm. So and I also think the bar is so low for men and fathers in 
in all the time girl that like she's like also i think she feels like she won and that everything she did was like justified because now devon comes around and that she was right and so she's like thrilled with it and thrilled with him because she even said like no you have to keep lewis in your life because look look what we had to do with devon but guess what he comes around and it works for them and they're close now and like i think her takeaway from this whole devon thing was like i did this exactly right and also devon I don't want to say respects her, but Devon defers to her now. And when oh, when he first came around and Team Mom three and all and sixteen mm-hmm. pregnant, he never deferred to her. Remember when she grabbed that big vase and threw it out after him? She could have killed him. And like he's like, but he doesn't defer to her. He defers to her now. He's like, yeah, Roxanne, uh huh. Or or remember when? Oh my God! Remember when they went down to get like Brit, uh Bree was getting her um her surgery and Javi was there and you know, Shirley was with there. her. Devon's got his headphones on. He's in the front seat, just bobbing. Like I go where this car goes. <laughs> like I have no idea what's happening, but I have no plans and nowhere to stay. So where are we going? Because <laughs> like I said, he's your bum cousin that you don't trust around your stuff when you're not there. So she's like, well, you can't stay here if we're not yeah, here. You can't stay here if we're not here. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, I'll get in the car. He was like a dog in that way. Like, he's oh, like, we going for a ride? There for me? Like, Cool. Yeah. He didn't even care about a bed. Not he was going to put blankets on the floor. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> sure, he didn't have a bed there either. He was like, all right. He's like, I'm just like, well, he was now homeless. we're going for a road trip. <laughs> he was homeless. And, he had no home. He had no home. Yeah. Yeah. And so now he's going to go to Miami? Sure. And so, so like, he's just in the car bobbing. He's just having a fine. T- but that that's not the same Devon that was there six no. years ago. He would have been arguing with Brittany. He would have been. You know, Roxanne would have been like, you can't smoke weed and blah, blah, oh, blah, blah, blah. Princess, and he would have been like, you don't have to do. say that Florida has medical marijuana now, and I bet Roxanne and uh, Devon smoke together. I bet you Roxanne doesn't smoke. I think she, well, I okay. bet you she has, but I bet she doesn't smoke. No, now. no, no. I think she does for her lupus because I remember I when they does. first came on this on, I saw somebody like grabbed a screenshot and they had pot like sitting out on their counter. Like no, when when they first came back, I'll have to find it uh, and post it. But that was Britney's. I bet you Roxanne does it, and I, I bet she's like the really lupus. You don't think she it. would with the lupus? Nope. I think she's super holier than thou about shit like that. I bet she's like. I bet she's like, why would I? I, I, uh, I you know, I didn't want to be a pothead. I bet she's one of those people that like used to drink uh, quite a bit. She probably doesn't because she's ill now, but like would look down on someone who smokes weed. She okay. seems like that type. Well, whatever she's on, I think she's spelled her <laughs> out a lot. Oh, yeah. I think she's got some. Yeah, she's, she's mellow out. So, yeah, she's gotten boring because of that. Because the fun thing about the Dehu Seuss is that when they are in it, all three are in it. And, like, they will all pop off together. And you're right. Brie is shy. But when she's got the comfort of her family around her, she mm-hmm. ain't got to be shy. And so, yeah, dude. Like, so, yeah, it is a little bit boring. But um we i've sat through chelsea actually watching episodes of team mom so <laughs> with her dad in a dentist's office and then he's giving Both. botox to big chelsea and i i'm sorry i call her big chelsea's just just always been her name she's giving she's it's not my fault it's just her name that, that's her fucking name it's been her name so big chelsea and he has no gloves on 
I don't know what he's doing. He's just, he basically got a needle. He's jabbing at her. And then they're watching episodes of Teen Mom. So you know what? Give Bray a break. <laughs> She's showing up to work. She's showing up to work. Leave her alone. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Let's speaking of Chelsea, let's go on to Chelsea, who, okay, first of all, I hate watching dads be parents on TV. <laughs> Like, it's not a compelling storyline to me that, like, Cole's going to be alone with the kids for the first time. It's because they hype it up too much. A true you know who's, You know who's a parent on TV all the time? Taylor. And you know how you know? Because Jade talks to Taylor like she asks for oh, things from Taylor. Taylor's. She does that. Jade's a cutie, too. She does that because whether the camera's there or not, Taylor's getting her juice. That's so true. She, He's always talking to those kids. He's always... Yeah. yeah. He goes to doctor's appointments for tonsil, for getting tonsils out alone. Well, also, to no be way. fair, Cole goes to work five days a week, eight hours Absolutely. a day. And Absolutely. And, <laughs> and Taylor doesn't. But Macy was sitting at the fucking house and didn't go to the doctor's appointment. And that's unheard of. Yeah. That, like, you're not at work or something. Or, I mean, she was at work. She's filming. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, like, imagine Jeremy taking Addie to a doctor's appointment and Leah was no. just at home. No. Would never. Imagine, Corey won't even take uh, Allie to Dr. Now. Or, doctor, it's not Dr. Now. That's the guy from my 600-pound leg. Dr. Sal. <laughs> Dr. Sal. Yeah, he, he never was, does because he's at work. He's at work. And I guarantee you, Leah would never not go. But Taylor goes to doctor's appointments without Macy. Taylor parents kids. So, and they never make a big deal out of it. But that hype up to, like, you know, Cole can't handle it when two, the baby, he gets upset. I bet, guys, this is like totally unsubstantiated. I got a feeling Cole's got a temper. And I don't mean like he beats Chelsea. That's not what I'm saying. I got a feeling that Cole's real funny and real fun and real like a laugh of a minute guy until he fucking isn't. And like one moment he's like, yeah, la, 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 with his baby voice or whatever. And the next minute he's like, listen, bitch. <laughs> like, I bet he, Maybe not listen, bitch, but maybe like when he gets upset, he goes there. And maybe he's not abusively speaking to people. And I'm not saying that, but maybe like there's a switch that flips. And when he gets angry, he gets really angry and he's done. And he he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. And he's just like, that's what I think. I think it's a lot more likely that instead of him like flipping out on Chelsea, he just, I mean, they said like he's not good at multitasking. I think he just like shuts down. And like can yeah, no longer help. Down. And also Maybe he like, goes to the garage. Yeah, exactly. The monster mash that Chelsea went to, like they're probably out of the house for top three hours. Like the oh, reality God. is is like almost nothing bad could happen to Cole. And that like they're in their house. No, they're in their house. And also what time are they going? Those babies go to sleep. And one's an infant, so she just is either in her chair or in the arms, and then they feed the toddler and put the toddler. Like, don't get me wrong. It's hard to watch two kids. Sure. That's not what I'm saying, but, like, they're his kids, first of all. And he is a pretty – we see him holding the babies. Like, he's not totally checked out. He's not a Jeremy by any means. So like, No, he isn't. Just because he hasn't been alone with the kids, like – we constantly see since Lane has been born, he's holding her in every episode. There's at least one scene of uh, Cole holding Lane. Like he's a pretty active dad. Definitely not as active as Taylor. Cause the reality is, is that he works all day during the week. So he just can't sure. be active. And, but 
I don't believe in any way that Cole isn't an active dad when he's home from work. So this idea that it's going to be like so crazy hard for him to watch two kids for three hours is like, like in the dramatic music and like, what's he going to do when they cry? Like he'll deal with it. And worse comes to worse is he puts the baby in the chair and Todd and Watson in the playpen. And then he listens to them scream until Chelsea comes home. Like that's literally the worst case scenario. I bet. And also, you know how like, because you you have your best friend who has the three kids. I'm going and... to see them. That's wait. I'm recording this early because the oldest one is in kindergarten, and I'm go. Mm-hmm. I got invited. and I got it in the mail for grandparents and special friends day. Oh, <laughs> nice! And it came Aunt Liz in the mail. Isn't that so cute? Yeah, but you know how like she has all these details about her kids. Like so and so did this at kindergarten today. Uh, so and so threw up. The, like this morning, I woke up to two sick kids well one sick kid and the other one threw up and like like these details of the day and I bet Chelsea shares those details with Cole it's not a Jeremy situation yes. where Jeremy doesn't even know what Addie's favorite color is he I bet Chelsea, day, I'm pretty sure I think all day yeah. they're talking they're talking all day and I bet you Cole knows all the favorite colors I bet you Cole knows exactly what happened in school today um, I bet you he even though I think Cole has I think there are times when Cole is not as happy-go-lucky as he seems. I think that is... You can't be. You can't be. And I I think he's just one of those people that when... That it's everything's fine, everything's fine, and then it's not. Mm -hmm. And and those times can be stressful because he is one of those everything's fine type of guys. So you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're... what's, What's going on? But at the same time, he doesn't seem like somebody who, like disappears for hours no. he doesn't leave at night i mean i'm sure he, he has friends but i'm sure he's not like oh i'm gonna be gone i'm it's thursday night so i'm not I coming back to doubt today. he goes and sees his friends to be honest i, I think him and chelsea are very insular i think he sure. comes home from work i don't think they go out of their house very often i think they are very together 24 7 well i you know what i think I think, like, when I say goes and see his friends, I mean, like, somebody's getting married and they're having a okay. bachelor party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think, like, somebody, like, like big things. I don't think he's, like, he's got a Wednesday night poker game. I don't okay. think that happens. Agree. I agree with that. His college buddies, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah. like, you're right. It is annoying that they're trying to make us believe that Cole, that something bad might happen if if Chelsea's out of the house for... And you think they stayed at the whole three hours? I bet you they didn't. I bet you it was I an hour and a half. Three hours, like driving to the school. They live out in the boonies. Oh, that's right. How long it takes to get. I just meant like door to door time was probably three hours max. Yeah. And I was also really happy that we got a mom daughter dance instead of the regular father daughter oh, dance. That's, when, I heard, when I heard that, I was like, Momster Mash, first of all, is really cute. That's like a really yeah. cute way to do a mom dance. I still find father daughter dances very uh, weird. Very they're not purity a, ring type. Very purity ring, but they're also like not a thing where I live. Although I did see, I was out to dinner one night and I saw what was obviously a dad and a daughter going to one. And I was wondering like where it was, but like I don't see it on Facebook. Like my friends and their kids don't go to father daughter dances. I think it's just not a big thing in suburban Philadelphia. Like, there was definitely never a father-daughter dance growing up. Maybe some people have it at their church, like even their Catholic church. I mean, it's only Catholic people where I live. 
um, maybe, but they just like, it's not part of my life. Like even on social media, I don't see this ever. It's just not a thing in my life. When I was growing up, we had the only father daughter things I really did were the Girl Scouts had a bake off and it was a father daughter bake off. Mm -hmm. And my dad's an excellent baker and we would always fucking win. (laughs) But now like when I'm looking at stuff like the Boy Scouts or whatever, and they having like a bake off or something, they say the parent that does, that doesn't usually do the baking. That's what it says. It doesn't oh, say that's like, father. What it, it just says which whichever parent, and mm-hmm. a lot of times it is the father. But whatever. But still, it's like. Or also, I want like so, guys. I live in Texas, and part of the I live in Austin, but I still live in Texas. Um, everybody still has a gun, but um, like one of the things that I find interesting about when I'm when I'm looking at like Boy Scouts and like school stuff is that people are so careful to be like, so there's a faith badge and you have to talk to your parents about your faith, what the faith is and like do something that celebrates. Oh, for Boy faith. Scouts. Yeah. For boys. Not school. Oh, I was like, whoa, but yeah. Cause well, it's a faith-based organization. Yeah. But yeah. like we get to the thing and you know, I, I tell my kids I'm agnostic and I explain, uh, we talk about what, what they think and everything. And so we get there and the DINS leader's like, okay, so did everyone do their talk? And we're like, yeah, well, it says we're going to share, but I think it's a very private thing. <laughs> so yeah, just keep it to yourself. Like <laughs> there's a lot of stuff like that, that I'm like, oh, so it's interesting where I am. Oh, and also Liz, I went to Texas Roadhouse this week because of you. And I ate a disgusting amount of rolls. And the back of their shirts do say they love their jobs. What? I know. It's terrorism. What? And I was just like, I tipped my girl really well. Because I was like, ugh, you have to wear that fucking shirt. I used to be a waitress too, guys. No waitress loves her job. They love their tips, not the job. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, let's get back to talking about Cole and Chelsea. The one thing I found very weird, Chelsea was, like, really amped up before this dance. Like, I don't know. And when she asked Cole if she looked sexual in front of Aubrey, first of all. But even that, like, there was something very childish about, like, like, you would say, like, in middle school, like, do you think I look sexual, like, as a joke? Like, it was just such a weird phrase. And I was like, these two are so weird. And to me, it's like not a cute weird. It's like a very just weird. Do, do you think they have a lot of sex? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. And that is an unusual position for me to be in. Cause I feel like I, I usually have an opinion on if a couple's having a lot of sex or no sex or whatever, but I find them both to be so asexual in their presentation like, I can't imagine them having sex, but, like, I think they do have a lot of sex, but I don't, they're I very kids, asexual so. to me. Yeah, I think they're very asexual. I think, like, can you imagine those baby voices in a bed? No. Like, yes, put it in me. Mm. Like, can you imagine some shit like that? And, like, I saying, think- do I look sexual? Like, there's something so unsexy and so yeah. not intimate about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It- like, I feel like in that moment, she's been more intimate with Big Chelsea than she has with Cole. Yeah, it's like, different. you asked that to your best girlfriend in seventh grade before a dance, like, joking around. Like, will he find me sexual? Like, because you know it's so outrageous to say. I I either, so for me, either they either have a 
ton of sex or they don't have any at all. It's not any in-between shit. It's either like... I'm guessing they're very much in a post-baby slump right now. Sure, 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 sure. But I'm just like, like I, I the last time I was on here, I was talking about the the young and pregnant girls the same way. Like, I know that Ashley and Barr fuck. I know they do. I can't imagine Kyler on top of uh, Lexi. I can't. Um, right. We did talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, they're like underage, so we shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. For all intents and purposes, Lexi is an adult. But, like, Agreed. we, we stopped we stop talking about it when we got to Brie because we were like, she's like a 10 year old. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I can't imagine Cole. I can't imagine it. No. Uh, I thought it was cute that Aubrey went as Jojo Siwa, another YouTuber. I think, Uh, look, I really hate Jojo. Like, I actually am convinced Jojo's going to come and murder me one day. Like, just in case you guys don't know this fact, Jojo Siwa is 5'9". Yes. Which is eight inches taller than me, in case you're wondering. And she could murder me. And anytime I, like, accidentally turn on one of her videos or she's in somebody else's video and I hear her screaming through the screen, I'm like, she's gonna kill me! Um, but I like that Chelsea lets Aubrey just, like, be who she wants. And obviously she's nine, so she loves JoJo. And I, I don't know. I think that Chelsea does a good job with just, like, letting Aubrey, like, be herself. Yeah, I also, I mean, I too cringed at the idea of jojo um at the school i volunteer at uh someone had a book bag mm-hmm. with her face on it but they scratched out her they scratched out her eyes ah! <laughs> and some of the kids were laughing at it and i was like i don't want to laugh but yeah did you see her do that that what's that thing where she was doing with uh jimmy what's his face fallon the drunk what's his name jimmy fallon jimmy fallon all right so jimmy fallon and they were doing like aggressive dance moves, and I saw maybe ten seconds of that. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't. I'll die by secondhand embarrassment. I cannot watch people dance. Wait, like I need everybody to go and watch Jojo Siwa's room tour, and then you're gonna watch that and remember that she's five foot nine and she's fifteen because there's yeah. no way she fits in her bed because she has a literal child's bed in her right. room. Right, that's not her room. That's the merch room but the whole house is the merch house because i've seen because i like torture myself by watching some of this stuff and their entire house is just covered in her merch because it's constant advertising for herself you know what's gonna happen gypsy lee blanchard that's what her mom is crazy did you watch her own dance moms no i don't watch dance mom dance moms that's sad i i it's really hard for me to watch that uh because the kids are in the room and there and it's a lot of like stuff in front of them it's too hard for me to watch it. oh i mean they like, like scream right at the kids like right I Miller's, like you're pathetic and there's no fucking way she would ever say some shit like that to a child in my presence because i would drop kick her ass there's <laughs> no fucking way that you're gonna speak to someone like that but um i think like i think her her journey ends darkly that's what i think i think yeah we'll find oh, out some absolutely. real crazy shit happened like of course uh, like I'm not gonna say some things that I think might be going on, but let's like, all some- project our childhood traumas onto what we think happened to JoJo. Absolutely, or let's project some shit we saw on Snapped or a Lifetime yes. movie or something yes. like that, or right on crazy mom show. Yeah, yeah, that's why that's why we're here to yes. do things like that. 
So okay. the only other comments I had for Chelsea was that Watson, when Chelsea was leaving, he, there's nothing more pathetic and cute about like a one-year-old crying, just like slowly realizing that his parents are leaving and crying about it. That to yeah. me is like the cutest thing in the whole world. And when my little nephew was here, my brother and sister-in-law were going out and we were going to watch him and he saw them get their coats and he went over the coat closet and started banging on it and then demanded his coat so he could put it on to leave with them. And it was the most pathetic thing. And then when they were leaving, he stood at the top of the stairs holding his coat, like begging for them to take him. And I just think it's so cute when toddlers are pathetic like that. And then also Chelsea didn't know how to do the Macarena, which is like, the Macarena is such a cultural event for me as a child. And uh, we had a neighborhood pool and on Friday nights, they would like stay open late and we would just put the Macarena on repeat and like do it for hours. And Chelsea's like not the one summer is popular and Chelsea's not that much younger than me. So I can't imagine that Chelsea didn't also do the Macarena over and over and over again. And I don't know how you just don't know that for your entire life. I don't know how to do it. I don't, I I would never know how to do it. Um, Watson, like freaking out when they were leaving, when she was leaving, reminded me of of, like a scene that is like inked into my brain of Macy leaving Bentley when he was about that age. She walks out the door he throws himself against the door and is screaming. Oh, <laughs> and he's Benny. just like losing his fucking mind. And she is like outside the door, like not wanting to go, but like, like I'm already outside. I just got to go at this point. And I'll never forget that scene. The way he threw himself at that door, like I'm going to break this shit down and get to my mother. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, that yeah. is so Yeah, cute. I like it too. It's so, yeah, it's so cute. It's not, it's not that we like screaming babies, guys, or sad babies. It's the fact that they really love their moms. Yeah, and they're just so pathetic. And they're out, yeah. like, there's just nothing. And they have no power. Out. Yeah. There's nothing they can, it's not like they can drive off. They keep clutching at the handles of the door like they can open them and go get oh. them. <laughs> I know, like, can you mad? my nephew demanded his coat. Like, is that yeah, not like, the cutest thing? Like, put the coat yeah. on me, we're going outside. <laughs> Yeah, like, if you could just put this coat on me, everything's going to be fine. I'll be able to catch up to them. (laughs) I see that they have their coats, which means we're all going outside. But I don't have my coat on. But I'm going to be cold when we all go outside together. (laughs) I I don't... Guys, we're not laughing at children. It's just so fucking cute. It's so cute. It's a cute laugh. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Janelle, who... Oh, Janelle... What do they do next season, Princess? Do they bring Janelle back? Like, I don't need to see Janelle. You know, a suggestion I have for this show, on Tori Spelling's True Tori, what they did, I didn't realize this, but I listened to a podcast with the producers on and like how it came to be and how they shot it. They did it in real time. They shot, whatever they shot had to be edited within a week because it was going on TV next week. I did not realize it was that close to real time. And I feel oh, like... Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like, and I didn't, they should have been advertising that because that, like, is very different than reality TV is shot. Everyone knows that. Within a week? Within a week. They only had a week to edit it and it was out. And so. Incredible. That should be, that's like history making. This is what I care about. (laughs) I'm like, like, where is the history book on this? But that's what I'm saying is that we, we're two people who watch a lot of reality TV show. We, we know our way around of show and the differences between them and stuff. And if Teen Mom shot like that, it would be a hell of a lot more interesting because 
we would be in real time and we would be like, so we would hear that 911 call possibly on Tuesday and it, and maybe within two weeks we'd be seeing it on TV. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. And so I think Janelle, the problem with Janelle is that I don't need to watch Janelle on the show. I watch her in real life. That's I can true. see Janelle. I don't, I know everything that's going on with Janelle. Mm-hmm. And then the reason, much like the Kardashians, same problem with the Kardashians. I know everything that's happening. The only reason I would ever watch it is so that I can see a more inside look. But if you're not going to give it to me, the fuck am I doing here? That's I'll just go to your Instagram. The Kardashians I've watched on purpose in the last like five years was the Paris episode. You right. Know, I did so, think it was well done. And they gave, because they gave like exclusive, like Kim really openly talked about it for the first sure. time ever. And you know what? It was actually like, Kim was worth watching. Like Kim said, like was describing the attack and like her thoughts and feelings on. I was like, this is fucking compelling TV. And the Kardashians are never compelling TV. And I think you're exactly right. We watch Janelle in real time. But I've always said, like, I don't how does this show survive if Janelle's not on this show and Leah and Chelsea don't decide to have any drama? Kale can Oh, it doesn't. And I don't think we need it to. I think young and pregnant brings some cool stuff for us. I also think it's possible for them to do a Team Mom 3 by going back and finding and pulling girls from 16 and pregnant that we, that have changed a lot in the years. Yeah. And seeing that are 25, some, 26 have three kids yeah. and they're poor. Yeah. yeah. And they're literally poor and seeing what the things are different. I think, um, so there are options. I saw the call for teen dads which was oh, just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be, if, you, if, you're, if your it's girlfriend's being deported, deported oh, my God. oh, cool. Yeah, yes. sure, sure, sure. Let's, that's what we're worried about, being on fucking TV. I um, also still am kind of a fan of combining OG and Team Mom too. Yeah, like that idea too. Do, and they could even do five or six girls and alternate who's in each episode. Yeah, we could do so that. Every they, week, we don't have to sit through the same boring shit with Chelsea, and she could just pop up once every third episode. Sure. Um, that's possible. I mean, I, I feel like they have all these options, but as we see with the loss of Farah, bitch, you can get cut off. Like, I understand what the problem is with Farah. The problem, there's lots of problems with Farah. There, like, she was um, unpleasant to be around. She was hard to shoot. She cost money because she kept... You had to keep rescheduling things, but then also she was fucking with the contract, and that's what really got her off the fucking show. Mm-hmm. She was she the we own you mm-hmm. media wise, and you need permission. And mm-hmm. if you're and sure it was you know sex work or whatever you want to say, but it wasn't really about that. They they were what really got her off the show is this is the contract, and you cannot you can't go do mother daughter experiment. You can't like you're yeah. gonna be on. The, your mother-daughter problems are, we own those because that's what you do on this show. So, and we never thought that would happen and Farrah's gone. Sure, she got a payout or they figured out what they were going to pay her for the rest of her contract, but she's gone. Mm-hmm. And now she's out here, what is she doing? Writing a column, re- re- reviewing oh, books. Oh, yeah, people have, okay, so people have like tagged me in this and I just haven't really talked about it because it's like not real. Yeah. Farrah is reviewing articles for Penthouse Magazine, and she reviewed, or reviewing books, she reviewed, I can't remember, Joe Didion's book? Um, no, she didn't read that book. You know she did. 
Well, that's the thing. And I, on who weekly the podcast, which I love, they like read the review and I, I read it and like, Farrah didn't write, first of all, Farrah didn't read that book. And like, I know what Farrah's writing looks like and that's not Farrah's writing. So it's just like, not that interesting to me. A lot of people have been like, huh, how come you haven't mentioned this? And I'm like, because it's just, Farrah's not actually doing that. It's, it's not like real. not, it's not real. Like she's just letting them use her name, but she's doing that. She's, you know, escorting She's doing X on the beach. Yeah, X on the beach. I've seen some clips from that. I don't watch that show. But Maybe. like, so the truth is we can get rid of, um, like we can move on from Janelle. We just can't move on from Janelle in this format. And I agree with you that if David's not on the show, I don't want David on the show. I don't. No, nobody does. Ever. But if David's not on the show, what are we doing here? And this storyline about the Andrew and stuff, this is like some producer shit. The Ashley said it was producer shit, but I could have spotted this way, like this, like, guys, you think you should, like, contact Andrew? No, and Janelle's like, like, he contacted my producers. I'm like, how would he even know how to do that? No, he didn't. I, your, your producers contacted him, and then they what said, hey, you know, we does Andrew have? Nobody's. Remember on Janelle's exes, which was the meanest fucking special on earth? <laughs> That's yes. just, like, fucking mean. When he's like, I'm a model. I'm in New York. He looks rough in this episode, by the way. (laughs) I'm like, you know, I'm still modeling. He had on, like, a suit that, like, it looked like he borrowed or either someone bought it for him for court a long time ago, and it was just huge on him. Like, he looked fucking Andrew got that from, like, this is rude. Like, he got out of treatment, and then he, like, went to a like thing where they dress you for job interviews yeah like a dress for success except for like men for men which i'm sure there is too yeah and that's exactly where that outfit came from yeah it didn't fit him and he's just like on tv blatantly lying to us Mm -hmm. like like we don't listen we know what the fuck bella hadid is doing right now okay you're not a model well how about he told barb when he was talking to her on facetime or whatever he's like i graduated from usc no you didn't when not let on becky pay for you to get in you did not (laughs) you didn't but now i'm thinking did he mean the university of south carolina because that's probably a little more believable than the university of southern california but either way no you didn't andrew it hasn't been that long. And you had, at some point, you had a child named Jake in Florida. Oh my God. You can't have a Jason or Jake. I'm pretty Guys, sure that's his name. It's something that's very similar to Jason. And I think it's. I'm Jake. about to tell you something that I rarely tell people because yes. it's fucking ghetto. But my younger brother's father, after he and my mom broke up, went off and had a kid and named her Princess. And so now. My younger brother has two sisters, sisters named Princess. I am named Princess because it was my grandmother's name and her mother's name. And my father is orphaned at a young age. And essentially, he, he really missed his mom. And that's why my name is Princess. My brother's sister is named Princess because his dad went off and made a new family with someone else and stole my name. <laughs> Imagine explaining to people that you have two sisters named Princess. My brother never explains to anyone that because he finds it incomprehensible because it is he has nothing to do with that side of his family and if i were to bring it up right now to him he would be like stop talking about it (laughs) right now (laughs) he is so embarrassed i find it hilarious but yeah jake and jace come on 
You can't do that. Andrew is when he when Barb said that he texted her at eleven thirty at night and just said, "Hey, ma'am." <laughs> And Barb is like, I didn't respond. Like, first of all, texting Barb at eleven thirty at night. Like, she did. Barb is a strict nine p.m. cutoff. Like, you know how you couldn't call people's house phones after nine p.m. Yes. But now oh, that yeah. we have like cell phones, people like contact each other at all times. And remember the cutoff. That's a big curb your enthusiasm episode. Like, what time is the cutoff at your house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Barb's cutoff is still it- nine o'clock. Yeah. And also, she didn't see it until, like, 10 a.m. because she also has to find her glasses. So she may have yeah. been up and shit. Bar- like, my mom sleeps with her cell phone, like, in the living room. Like, uh, it doesn't even come back to her house. Like, if you text my, or her room, like, if you text my mom at 1130 at night, like, she'll see it maybe when she gets to work the next day and finally looks at her phone. Yeah. My mom and dad turn off their phones at night. <laughs> turn them off. And you know why? My mom says it keeps the battery going longer. I say, who the fuck told you that? <laughs> don't go anywhere cell phones so she literally dying after two years it doesn't matter what you do (laughs) yeah so like i could totally see barb like turning off the phone yeah in a drawer in the living room and like (laughs) the radiation i read i saw i saw a clip on the news once and it said like turn it off put it in the drawer so it's just what i do yeah that's exactly what the fuck happened like, because Barb's about the, my parents are in their late 50s, they're not even 60s yet. Like, when I talk about how, you know, I've talked about this on Twitter about how, I'm like, my dad mailed me a money order so I could buy something online for him. Like, they act older than they actually Barb's are. They're like, like 10 50s. years older than your parents. You're right. But that's how, but they're on the similar yeah. wavelengths. And so, like, so, like, Barb, Jesus. The fact that Barb is still dyeing her hair is like, I guess maybe that's that's making me think that she's younger than she is, but she's like 70 years old or about I to be, right? I think she's like 68, because she, she had Janelle yeah. a lot, not a lot older, but like at a pretty older age. Not 16. Compared to what um, we see on this show. Right. So like, and Jan- so the way Janelle's talking about this, Barb Help me understand this list. Barb has to fly to New York <laughs> to see if Andrew is doing better so she can tell Jace that his dad is like gonna be like what? I understand the idea that like we want to meet him in person first to see like what he's like because we have not seen him in nine years. Sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I understand that MTV was like, Well, do you want to go to New York? And I would bet because Ashley, Barb's other daughter, I bet they like also went to New Jersey and she uh, wasn't in New Jersey over the winter, but I bet like they also went to New Jersey to see like Atlas, Atlas and like Atlas's dad and like all of that um, stuff. Barb's other grandson. Right, right. Grandson. So you I know, first of all, you're talking about something that happened in Atlantic City. I was like, there's a show called Atlas in Atlantic City. Okay. New Jersey. <laughs> I understand. so I bet like they do I bet she MTV was like well do you want to go to New York and she's like okay but will you like fly Ashley up too we'll go to New Jersey and then you fly us home from New Jersey like that type of thing and this is very much like a made for TV storyline which would never ever happen if MTV wasn't like well we'll fly you out and we'll film you absolutely but it's it's just so 
first of all, did you notice that Barb got a real, she got one in on Janelle and Janelle paused and then walked past it when she said, well, you know, Jay, cause Janelle was explaining how Jace is like crying because Kaiser has this whole other family and he doesn't have that. And Barb goes, well, you know, Janelle, he goes to school and he hears about the yeah. fathers and they say, where's your father? Where's your mother? And yes, Janelle, Janelle took that in and then she walked past it. And I was like, oh, she holy pause, though. I saw she her pause. pause. She heard it. Because at first like, I was she like, did she hear it? But you know what? Janelle chose to not respond to that because Barbara, look, Barbara's not wrong in that situation that kids absolutely ask why he lives with his grandma and not his mom. Yeah. Because that's how kids talk. But, like, she also didn't need to say that there. You know what I mean? She could have just said, like, where's your father? But you know what? Janelle, I was actually proud of her that she didn't, like, pounce on that. I love any time Janelle doesn't take the bait. Because the thing is, like, everybody knows I'm not pro-Janelle. But any time I see something that I'm like, oh, six years ago we've been a whole different ball game right now i'm like oh yeah okay I, i'll give you that janelle i like like i like to give janelle her flowers when something mm-hmm. good happens so that when something bad happens and i tear her down it's justified that's why credit where's cre- credit where credit's due yeah and also what's just, the fun in a podcast where we can never acknowledge the positives of a person and we only have to trash them like what what's right. the point of that you know what i what are we doing here if that's what this podcast is i'm not in as i've said many times before like i'm not interested in doing that podcast and i know you're not either no, no because like everyone has nuances um i'm perfectly happy to like slam somebody but i'm also like but they look cute while they were doing it and also their kids are cute and like yeah they have nuances to things so Andrew got paid this episode because he got a whole scene. He got a free mm. lunch and whatever they're paying him per episode. So, you know, mazel to Andrew. Andrew, his whole look is terrifying to me. Yes. He, he is a murderer. He looks, I just, I just don't believe that you could sit in front of Andrew and think everything was okay. No. Well, Janelle's like he he texts us drunk, like, and I well, believe Janelle that. Texts a lot of people drunk. Calm down, <laughs> Janelle. You call nine one one when you're drunk, and that's true. And then, but I'm just saying, like, I I believe that they know that he's still the same old Andrew, right? But this is the storyline that I advised Lisa Leah to have, right? Act like you're opening up things because I know that in the end we know what's going to happen with this storyline. Yeah. They're going to come to a reunion. They're going to be like. Andrew called us in the middle of the night and said so and so and so and so and we let him talk to Jace one time and he told Jace he was a firefighter or something like it's gonna be that it's gonna be that Andrew is okay first of all his friend's name was Lutch Luck but it was spelled L-U-C-H wait I missed that his name was Lutch L-U-C-H Unless I read it wrong, which is absolutely always a possibility. But in my notes, it says L-U-C-H in capitals. So I think I was particular with writing it down. Oh, okay. Fine. Fine. My I, name is Princess. Fine. <laughs> I also love that, um, that Janelle goes to like Sky Zone with her friend Katrina. And yeah. Katrina's like, 
you know, Andrew can't be coming in and out of Jace's life like he has been. And I'm like, when was the in? No, he hasn't. I think that what she's talking about is he's had sporadic contact with her. And I'm sure Barb probably told told him that. But he hasn't been around. I don't think he's ever seen Jace since the hospital and one time on FaceTime. Right. So he's never, so he's not been in and out of her life. I mean, yeah. his life's cute. I would not qualify Andrew as someone that's been in and out. Adam has been in and out. Andrew has not been in and out. Andrew's been out. Yeah. Although I'm sure like, just like everyone else, they, they talk constantly about this shit in front of him. So I'm sure that he's oh. heard plenty of stuff about his dad. Well, I'm sure he did. But I would bet they actually don't talk that much about Andrew anymore just because he's so not relevant. And they have right. way more, they talk about Nate and David. And so I would bet that they really have not talked about Andrew probably since Jace was like four or five. Just because right. But when he is brought up, yes. they say whatever. Oh. oh, a boundary in front of Jace? Never. <laughs> Janelle Jace. probably called Jace and she's like, you want to talk about Andrew? I have some things to tell you. This is not funny, but Jace, we've watched Jace drive down the street as his mother pulled a gun. Like, we've watched Can you believe Jace, that? That we saw yeah, we've on watched, TV, That we it, saw on television. We saw Janelle chase someone down and pull out a fucking gun with Jace sitting in the front seat. On no, TV. I, that was on TV. Did we also see Janelle doing drugs around Jace? Did we ever... Was she ever... No, I know we've not, seen... We saw her, like, high around Jace, but never, like, doing, doing drugs in front of Jace. Right. We've seen Janelle and Barbara assault each other in front of Jace. Yes. Holding Jace. Oh, goodness. Like, Jace has been through everything. Hmm. Fuck. Jace's ace score is probably, like, 9 out of 10. What do you mean, ace score? What's that? Oh, I'm surprised you don't know what that is. It's this thing where it's, like, this trauma test, and- Uh Basically, if you get above a, f- it's out of 10. And if you get above a five, you're like 500 times more likely to become an addict, like 200 oh, more times likely to, I'm just making up these numbers, but a very, very high uh, rate, like more likely to become an addict. Heart disease is also on this, surprisingly, uh, like less likely to graduate from high school. Like basically just like all of this bad stuff. And they base it on like how many traumas you're, you've experienced and like, like a sexual assault is like three points or you know what I mean and you like add up these things and I think mine was like an eight out of ten and Jace's is probably like a nine out of ten Jesus yeah I mean he's just been through he's seen everything and then keep in mind all the shit he's seen that we didn't see oh you know what I was thinking somebody mentioned this like it's probably crazy what he sees remember janelle's sister is just as crazy as janelle if not more barbara and and ashley have a very very similar relationship to how janelle barbara have and gabriel like and ashley and little atlas like live with barbara so the amount of trauma that he's seen related to ashley and colin when colin's living with them by the way colin posted something really sad like on facebook about digging out this is so sad. Taking out his arm chip that MI13 put in him. What? Because, you know, he's a paranoid schizophrenic. What? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. Uh, it's not great. Uh, so, like, that's, like, 
you know what I mean? Like we just think about Janelle. We don't think about the fact that J- Barbara has two very other mentally unwell children who live with her on and off where Jace lives. Yeah. Like Jace is probably like, like of all the kids on this show, except for maybe Kaiser because Kaiser's actively being abused by probably everybody. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Jace is probably like had it the worst, the worst um out of all of them because like we talk about nova's loved incredibly loved mm-hmm. um aubrey's in love she's got so much love around her like when we think about these other kids and what their lives are like 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 you know bentley's life's no walk in a park his father's an addict and like was has been going through all this stuff with that those this family but it's very different from jace i i'm not saying no one loves jace don't get me wrong guys what I'm saying though Jace is has that no stability. Jace is not. I don't think Jace has any place of safety in the world, like a place that he's just safe and loved and warm and like can just be. I don't think he, there's any place for him like that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. <sighs> Damn. Wait. So I just looked up this ace thing, and it says with an ace score of four or more things start getting serious and by the way it's like there are 10 things that you answer and you get a point for each and it says the likelihood of chronic pulmonary lung disease increases 390 percent hepatitis 240 percent depression for six 460 percent suicide 1220 percent that's for a score of four or more and i'll just quickly read this it's so prior to your 18th birthday did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often swear at you, insult you, put you down, or humiliate you, or act in a way that made you afraid that they might physically hurt you? Did a parent or other adult in the household often or very often push, grab, slap, or throw something at you? Did an adult or person at least five years older than you ever touch or fondle you or touch your body in an inappropriate sexual way? Did you often or very often feel that no one in your family loved you or thought you were important or special? Did you often or very often feel that you didn't have enough to eat, had to wear dirty clothes, and had no one to protect you? Were your parents ever separated or divorced? Was your mother or stepmother often or very often pushed, grabbed, slapped, or had something thrown at her? Uh, Did you ever live with anyone who was a problem drinker, alcoholic, or who used street drugs? Was a household member depressed or mentally ill, or did a household member attempt suicide? And then did a household member ever go to prison? So that's... If you answered yes to four or more of those you are 200 and, or 460% more likely to be depressed than somebody who did not answer yes to four or more of those I have to go I need to have an emergency <laughs> appointment with my therapist um I know Liz, this has been great but <laughs> I'll be like have you heard of this ace bandage test she's gonna be like princess stop reading things on the internet <laughs> But really, it's like, it It really is very interesting if you look into it. And the most interesting part about it, not the most interesting, but they did this in actually in suburban Philadelphia, I believe. Like they recreated the test like in inner city neighborhoods and suburban neighborhoods. And they found that like, no matter where they were, like no matter what socioeconomics that kids were likely to have like a certain number. So like, it basically just showed that like childhood trauma with its effects, like affects everybody <laughs> and fucks up all people and then of course when you're like when there's more poverty like it's higher 
and their worst effects. But like that, I think the surprising when they first did this in the early nineties was just how high the scores were like in the more affluent white areas, which was kind of contrary to what, you know, socioeconomics had told them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's called an ACE, A-C-E test in case you guys were wondering. And Jay scores quite high on that. Yeah. Jeez. Again, I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, it is sad. And, but it's a good, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously like every child's different and I truly believe like it's how your brain is wired, you know, and mm-hmm. how your brain reacts to the trauma. But let's hope Jace has a resilient brain. Yeah. Let's hope so. You know, wouldn't it be crazy if Jace grew up to be like a therapist and was like, I love that. And he like was like just like a normal guy. He like helped other people and like like he didn't drink or anything. And he just he was just like like every now and then you know how they do those where are they now type things. There'd be like a a picture of him like walking through the Target parking lot with his kids and holding his wife's hand and like he just I mean it can happen. You know, some people are able to break cycles. Yeah, and he might struggle I, a little bit to get there, but who knows? By the time he's thirty-five, he might pull yeah. it all around. And then, like, they interview Janelle, who's like living in a brothel in Nevada, and um, I don't know why she's there, but that's how she. she I I imagine Janelle ends up like Heidi Fleiss does with those fucking birds trying to open a brothel in Nevada. Oh my God, um, birds, yeah, those birds, which she technically stole. Because the woman who owned them died and like her family was like, she did not leave those to you. And she just was like, no, I was going to take care of them. So I have them. And her, the family's like, actually, you stole those. But anyway, I imagine Janelle in like that type of way and like super skinny and like obviously oh, yeah. not well. And they come yeah. and they do like um, an interview and she's like, Jace, I haven't spoken to Jace in 20 years. Every time I call him, it says my phone call didn't go through. And like, <laughs> like I mean, like, let's hope. Like he blocked her and shit, and he's like, she he got married. I was sad. I had to like find out on wet paint. (laughs) My biggest hope for Jace is that he doesn't talk to anybody in his entire family. Like he leaves home in eighteen. Not his siblings. No one. Yeah, and he just like goes and and like goes off and yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's finish talking. Let's go. I think that's really it. There really like wasn't much that happened i mean of course we're like this is a, like a two hour and 45 minute episode but i'm like nothing even happened in this episode because you know we talked for 45 minutes about the difference between me and my brother which by the way i did read some of my podcast reviews a couple weeks ago kind i started by accident and then i read them and it was fine but a lot of them were like i don't like that she talks about her personal life i wish she would just talk about the show and it's like mm, wrong podcast yeah i mean there are plenty of shows that only I mean, I guess when you started, you were the only Team Mom pop podcast. But That's true. If but you now guys, there's quite a few. Yeah. If you want to hear something that only like directly like tells you quotes what the people said on the show, there's one like that. If you want to find one that's like loves your special, the girl that you love, like if you're a huge, huge Chelsea fan and you think she can do no wrong and you think we're assholes for like thinking that there's something behind that and that there's a way she can improve, I'm sure you can find a podcast that feels exactly the way you do. And it's okay. Here's the thing. I'm not a comedian. So like if I didn't talk about my personal life on the show, like what would we talk about? I I can't just just recap this show. It would be 14 minutes long. Yeah. And I, 
I think that part of the reason that I listen is because I like to hear about how you relate to these things. I like to hear about tangents about breaking Bonaducci. I like that stuff. And so that's why I'm still listening every Sunday. Like when my kids are in therapy, like I'm outside reading a book, listening to you. Um, the first thing I do when I wake up on Sunday mornings, I roll over and I mm-hmm. check and make sure the episode downloaded. And I pop out of bed. I put on my ear pods because I'm a douchebag. And I, I walk around. AirPods. I'm never going back to an AirPods life. Me either. And the best <laughs> fucking purchase I've made in the last two years. And it didn't, it didn't cost that. that much. And so, like, I actually got them for my birthday because I've never bought an Apple product. I own millions of them. I've never bought one. I don't even know what it's like to go to an Apple store. People just keep giving me things. Anyway, but I'm just saying, I walk around the house with my AirPods in, and I listen to you, and I meal prep, and I take my kids to therapy, and I wash my car, and, like, that's what my Sunday's like, and it's because I find you interesting, okay? Thank you. Well, I feel the same way about your Tory Spelling podcast, because it's like, it's about Tori on Saved by the Bell, what I care about is Princess's life update. (laughs) It's Princess talking about how I watch Ocean's 8, and I was extremely turned on, because... Sandra Bullock had such big dick energy the entire fucking movie. I thought she was going to fuck all of them. I was like, oh my God. I, I was halfway through the movie before I realized her and Kate Blanchett weren't a couple. I was, I just, it was so much. But yeah, like, yeah, anyway, I I'm just, saying, there's not, so there's not, like, also, I wouldn't, as I've like talked about before on the show, and I'm sure you can relate now, Princess, because you're doing it. It's like, it's hard to do a podcast every week when you work a full-time job and you go to the gym four days a week and you go to AA meetings and you have friends. And and sometimes you don't want to talk about it. And well, yeah, I don't want to talk. I don't want to take notes. I don't want to watch the show and take notes. And then I don't want to get on the microphone and talk about it. And so I have to like, the only way that I can do this is talking about myself because if I don't, if I don't do that, like I, I can't produce this every week. Like that's just not for me. And if I was to make this show format where I don't talk about myself, like there wouldn't be a feathers in my hair. There just wouldn't be. It's just not, you have to find yourself. You have to find yourself in the story to relate to it. Uh, Another thing now that I'm actually doing it, I realized that like I, if you notice, I do not text you as I'm listening to it because I'm now getting texts and DMs as people listen. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is about. I don't oh even remember God. the fuck I said. When we, I don't do it anymore. We replayed an old, an older episode that Troy and I did. And I got like wild DMs and I was like, that was, I recorded that two years ago. <laughs> like I have no idea. Somebody, I guess I were, I was talking about Colin Kaepernick in it probably because like we were talking about Nessa and I got like some nasty DMs about me supporting Colin Kaepernick. And I was like, what did I say? <laughs> I mean, I know what I said. Like I have an idea of what I said, but like it, I forgot we were like rerunning an episode and I was like, wait, what? Like I've talked yeah. about Colin Kaepernick in forever. <laughs> because you don't remember. I, so I, like, so I black hole why I do a fugue state why I do this. Me too. I have to write the description and I usually do that as I'm like um, exporting it. And I'm like, what the fuck did I say? This is what I, because I want to talk about when I talk about this to you. I'm like, what, what was I talking about? I know it was something to do with Tori Spelling, but that's about as far as it goes. And so like some of those things, like I don't, t- I don't text you during the, um, at, well, I'm, I'm not like, I agree or I disagree. Cause I'm like, 
She doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, there's only so much feedback people can take. To be honest, like, it for you to make the show, you have to only care about making the show. You can't be thinking, like, what are people going to think about the show? Because if you did it that way, it you couldn't make the show because you'd be too busy. Like, you get lost in it, you know? Absolutely. I've seen so many of my favorite TV shows ruined because they started paying attention to the fandom online and what they wanted. And also, like, I don't make enough money on this show to, like, really put a lot of, like, how, like, I'm not doing this for money. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, not doing this for money. So I'm not, like, trying to optimize my most listeners. And like, how can I make this? So like, I have the best return on this and I'm getting a million, like if I was getting like a million downloads, I'd probably be thinking a lot more about feedback. Um, Mm -hmm. And if I was making, like, if this was a career for me and I was making like, like the guy from Sword and Scale, Sword and Scale, who did a podcast, it's a whole big drama. He's awful. But his Patreon has um, 14, like almost 15,000 patrons at $5 an episode is the minimum. So he's making, let's say, almost $80,000 at least a month from Patreon. Like, if that was me, like, I would really be like, how can Mm -hmm. I, like, optimize this for my listeners? And it's not that I don't care about my listeners. And by the way, when I did read those podcasts, there was a lot of constructive criticism about my interrupting. And I tried really hard not to interrupt Troy this week. And I'm trying really hard not to interrupt you. And one, I will say... Part of it is that I'm an interrupter. It's a very annoying mm-hmm. habit. I understand, <laughs> but it's just, I'm an interrupter IRL. So that's like not a great characteristic of mine, but it's hard when you're not in person with someone because like, it's just hard. I don't know when they're going to stop talking. Yes. There's no context. Clue, and I don't do it with video either. Like there's no video if you guys didn't know that. So I can't see when they stop talking. Yeah, we FaceTime. Yes, yeah. we would be on video chat right now, guys. So. <laughs> exactly. So it's a little harder, but like, I'm also just an interrupter. So I am, I will say like, I did read that and I was like, you know what? Like that's a hundred percent fair and accurate criticism. And like, that's something that I can work on in my IRL, but also like on this podcast. Um, but there are like, mm-hmm. It's so funny because like in one review, like one review said that I was obviously not cool in high school and was trying to be cool now. And then another review (laughs) said how I said my name in my intro, they could tell that I was a bitchy cheerleader. And so it's like, that was when I like reading those actually really helped because I was like, oh, like I have no, like, it's so, there's no way that I could control either one of those feelings. And it's funny because actually neither is accurate. My school didn't really have traditionally popular girls. Like the cheerleaders in my school were not popular. Like that's just not how my school worked. And I had friends and like senior year I went to parties, but like before that I wasn't like, didn't have a ton of friends. Like I was always very much just like, I had a friend group was never popular, but was never a loner or unpopular. So it's funny that like, I'm actually right in the middle, but when you read those reviews and you realize like, there's no way my podcast could be modified to please either one of those people. Right. And also you recorded that intro at the very, very beginning. Like if you were recording your intro now, I don't know if you'd hit Liz Bentley like that, but that's my favorite part of the show. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, the show's starting. <laughs> I listened back to that and people have like said that. I, I don't think I sound that weird saying my name. It's just, how I, I think weird. it's just how I say my name. Like, so, 
I definitely put more emphasis on it because I was like, that was one of the first, I mean, I did that before I even started my first episode, you know, like that was one of the first times I was ever recording. And the first time I had written a script I had to read. So I definitely was probably a little less natural than I am now, like in my ad reads, but like, I don't think I sound that I'm not like I'm Elizabeth Ruth Bentley. Like I just say my name and apparently don't sound weird, but it's very unique to you. That's what it is. It's like, no, I don't listen to any other person that says it that way. So like (laughs) when I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's Liz. Here we go. I wonder if you made it this far in the episode, my real life friend, Katie, or my cousin, Julia, like if you can let me know if that sounds different to how I say my full name and how I've always said it, like, let me know. Cause to me, I hear it. It just doesn't sound that different. One other thing is a lot of people have been telling me they thought I was blonde, which actually is Why? what has shook me to my core. I don't know, what? but every all the feedback I've gotten for this podcast, at least 10 people have told me they assumed I was blonde. And like I have l- been brunette since I was born and I've never like ever had anything close to blonde hair. So I'm very much identified as a brunette. And so the idea that people think I'm blonde is like, mind-blowing to me (laughs) I just I I'm I'm really grateful that I'm patreon only because I can't get iTunes reviews because I'm not on iTunes (laughs) and also like because I'm patreon only it's only for people who want it yeah people who want it and who pay five dollars a month to get it along with the bonus apps there are tons of bonus episodes, guys. You really should be Plus getting in on that. Mushroom from Troy. Full mushroom. Yeah, like, and you need the full mushroom. Like, I don't know how you're listening to it if you're not getting the full mushroom. Anyway, but like, I'm really lucky that I'm Patreon only because, like, I have a very core group of fans, people that ask me where the episode is and stuff like that. But I don't, I'm not exposed to everyone else. And I'm almost like, I hope I'm always Patreon only because I don't know if I can live in this harsh world like this. I don't know if I can do it. So, so anyway, did you guys just like us talking for 25 minutes about <laughs> getting reviews? I don't know. People say they like it when I think people, I hope people like it when you're on and we just talk. That's always the feedback I've gotten when you've come on and that you can hear the two of us talk about anything and you like it. And people just love to have long episodes and this is a long podcast and yeah, yeah, I guess in conclusion, like I, I appreciate to an extent, even though it hurts my feelings, constructive criticism, but it, I realize like a lot of the criticism, like I could, you know, there's no way that I'm going to convince someone I wasn't a bitchy cheerleader in high school. So like, why even try? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I will say this also, I have a similar I have a personality where if people meet me, they are like, they either really like me within the first 10 seconds or they really fucking hate me in the first 10 seconds. And it has nothing to really do with me. I had to learn that, that like, I just trigger people sometimes. You're a so like, I, oh girl, I am the kale. Listen, last week when you were talking about kale and you were talking, not last week, a couple of weeks ago, you were talking about how people are enjoying what's happening with pale because with pale with kale petty kale pale <laughs> because um she's so fucking petty i'm the person you're talking about i love it and i know it's wrong but i've watched kale use the court systems in extremely petty ways mm-hmm. filing um 
restraining orders against people that she hit, <laughs> like um, doing like refusing 50-50 custody for no reason whatsoever, unless she, like honestly, uh, V and Joe were watching Lincoln sometimes. Anytime when when Kale was fighting with Javi, they would just change their plans and be like, okay, well, we'll you know, we'll we'll take Isaac right now. Yeah, wherever we are, we'll go wherever. We, and I'm not saying that Joe's so fucking busy that he couldn't do it, but somebody else would have given you a real fucking hard time about that. That like, oh, you're going out of town and you need to, and you need me to keep the kid longer than I'm supposed to. But if I want him longer, than I'm supposed to, you'll fight me on it. Like people would have given her a hard time. So I'm enjoying watching someone be as petty and as unreasonable and ridiculous with her as she is with other people. Also, Fuck it. Kale? <laughs> Kale can only fight with one baby daddy at a time. Yeah. So if she and Chris are good, she's free to fight with Joe. If her and Javi are in a fight, her and Joe tend to make up right away. That's how it goes. Yeah. I, she can't. And so I think it, that's why she'd been getting along with Joe so well. Yeah. Because she can't have, she'd been fighting with Javi. Yeah. Yeah. But I also agree with you that like even if he would be granted that that um child support it is a petty thing to do. It is like unnecessary. He does owe his entire lifestyle to Kale and it was an accident. Like he didn't get her pregnant thinking I'm going to not have to work. There were plenty of years mm-hmm. the first few years where he was working a grown man's job when he was like 17 years old. Yeah, the and, back thing. Yeah, and he was free to give her five hundred dollars there, a thousand dollars there. He was free to be like, and because he had the support of his parents, he was free to be like, "Hey, can Kale come live with us? Her life sucks. She's pregnant with my kid, and like, I just want to. Can this happen?" And his parents were like, "Yeah," because he had that support. Like, there are plenty of times when, like, I know he didn't expect it to come out this way, but his lifestyle is because of Kale. V's lifestyle is because of Kale. So I understand how she feels that way, but I also think it would piss me off if you, if you were, if you treated me like I didn't matter all the time. Yeah. You did whatever you wanted to me. And then anytime we got into a fight, you know Kale throws that out because you're on my show. Because you like, like uh, you know she does Every it. time. Yeah. So... Yeah, like, I, I understand where he's coming from, and I'm enjoying it. And it, I know what's wrong. A lot of things are wrong. Eating ice cream for breakfast is wrong. But sometimes I do it because it feels good. So, yeah. Sorry. So, I want to say that I thought it was funny when, um, at the beginning of the episode, last week, Troy and I talked about how the girls, like, talked to their producers. And we said mm-hmm. that Kale just wants to monologue at her producer and boy, yeah. did she prove me right in this episode because she pulls Patrick outside and he stands there and she monologues at him. Yep. Yep. And um, she's much like Brittany. Her body looks crazy. It oh, looks well. like- I'm telling you, Brazilian butt lifts almost never look good in the long run. I know. And Kale, I Her like when you guys talk about right. When, when, like Kale, I I get what you guys are saying about Kale that she's like five eight or five nine or whatever, and she has all these like 
crazy tattoos that like biker bar tattoos and she and like and she's so aggressive that people feel very comfortable being like calling her all you know kale smash and like Mm -hmm. you know like doing stuff like that and it changes how they perceive her and that if we try these things on leah or it's a whole different thing and you're i think you're absolutely right about that um but listening to her complain about whether her phone number is on the group text for soccer kale nobody wants those fucking group texts as someone who has to go to soccer games and who has to force herself to get out of the car because I just want to sit in the car until you guys are fucking done. Like, I don't want the group text. I don't want to bring any fucking orange slices. I don't care who gets these pictures. Like, you should be grateful he didn't put your fucking name on it. Also, like, I get where she's coming from. That was a little petty. Yeah, I, the issue isn't that he didn't give her number. The issue is that he gave Lauren's number and not hers. And he even like, Kale said at the end, and I thought it was shockingly mature for her that like her number can be given out lauren's number just kales needs to be included too and i know why she's upset because i think javi's mo is that he does a ton of shit where he has plausible deniability where he can be like i didn't do that on purpose like and he'll come up with this story about how like because javi's stories that they were at this practice or this game and the coach went around to every person that was there and they just gave the numbers of every person that was there when in reality like I'm sure that's what happened but he could have also been like hey can you add Lincoln's mom like she's out of town for work this weekend and he didn't do that but he can sit there and be like well you know you weren't there and like they weren't asking for a list and like me and Lauren were there like I think he does that shit on purpose and I think that drives Kale insane because he coach I I don't know if he coaches or what I think he does, but maybe this is a different team. I don't know. But he said on Twitter, like, he gave the coach his number and Lauren's number. But he made it sound like it was, like, a casual thing. It's not like he, like, signed up for a list and didn't write Kale's number down. But I really think that his thing with Kale is that, like, he knows Kale is such, like, a know-it-all has-to-be-right person. Mm -hmm. So he does these little things where you – She has to be in control. Where he – he takes the control away from her, but in a way where he can be like, I didn't do that on purpose, but he is doing it on purpose. And I think she knows that, which is why it gets so under her skin. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I understood what she was covering. I just was like, okay, but we don't have to be this mad. Just give me your number. And just, and like, I pro- like if it were me, like I'm a prime kill. And the only reason I don't act like that is because I go to therapy a lot, <laughs> but yeah. that's, but like, she, like, I am someone who like Kale, Kale, the reason Kale acts like this is because from a young age, she has been let down by every adult in her life. And I may have not had that experience, but I am someone who has told myself over and over again, okay, well, it's just you, only you can do it. If you don't, if you don't depend on, only depend on yourself because everyone else will let you down. And so that's why it's super easy for me to be like, to cut someone off and just keep it moving. And Kale does it so easily because she has the, that's been her narrative her whole entire life is that there is no one coming for you it is only you Mm -hmm. and then she puts her she purposely puts herself in situations so that she can prove herself right so i'm gonna get pregnant by a guy i barely know who's not even dating me and then when that doesn't work out see i told you you can only depend on yourself you can only depend on yourself but 
you don't think about how your how your actions got you to the situation and why you act like that so that you can prove your narrative right like so with kale if it were me like i said because i've i've done a lot of work i've done the work and i um i would have just given my number to the soccer coach or whoever whomever it was and i would never brought it up to hobby because i would know at this point that Javi wants me to bring it up. So he wants me to be unreasonable. He wants me to yell at him. He wants me to make a big deal of it so he can be like, Kale, why are you yelling? You yes. always make a big deal out of it. You know it was just a thing. Like, I mean, I don't understand what your problem is. And so he could smile that big dick-sucking smile. He has these big lips that I hate. Better <laughs> smile. Yes! He, he, so he can smile that smile at me and then go hold Lauren's hand and just be like, you know, she's crazy. She's crazy. Well, I said the same thing last season. Like I would have never given Brie and Javi my, the satisfaction of never. me being upset. I would have said, Oh, I'm so happy for you, Bray," and kept it yeah. moving. I would have said, okay, Javi, that's great. I'm glad you're happy because I know those two were never going to make it and they weren't ever going to be anything and that they were just doing it to piss me off. But Kale is so self-righteous and she's Javi not was just doing it to piss her not- off. Rihanna was stupid. <laughs> so that was fair. Um, but Kale has done negative work on herself in that she's just right. getting worse. <laughs> so and she only surrounds herself with people who, who confirm, except for, what was her name? Becky. Becky? Yeah. She's probably got maybe another friend just like them. She's probably got two people in her life who do not confirm everything she says. And so she only surrounds herself with people that are like, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he is terrible. You should have yelled at him. You should go over his house right now. That's the only type of people she, she surrounds herself with. Kale can't pick her battles to save her life. No. Um, well, and that goes back to the thing that I constantly say that she's always in fight or flight mode. So I don't think she has the perception to like sit back and be like, Javi's clearly doing this to get a rise out of me. So I'm not going to give him the satisfaction. What she does is Javi's trying to get a rise out of me and I'm going to fucking let him know it and tell him to fuck you. Um, that's like her go-to thing. And she has no ability to just like take a breath and stop. And I'm also really curious about what Lauren is really like and what Javi tells Lauren about Kale. And like when Lauren said that it wasn't Javi's responsibility to cater to Kale's family, I was a little like, oh, Javi likes this. Like Javi is just like he did it with Joe and Kale. Like he would always push Kale to fight with Joe. Always. And now, like, you know, Javi's getting his satisfaction because he wants Lauren to fight with Kale. And I don't think Lauren's totally giving into it, but she is enough. And I'm curious to see how that plays out. I would be very curious to know how Kale talks about, or how Javi talks about Kale with Lauren, how he, like, edits himself in the fights and the situations, and... Yeah, I'm just, I'm curious as to how Lauren's going to, like, factor into all of this. Well, keep in mind this. Because Kale blows up at what Javi does. She looks crazy. She it, she looks crazy to Lauren. So why wouldn't she believe Javi? Well, it's going to be five years down the line before Kale finally calms the fuck down. And yes. her and Lauren get more communicative, much like V and, Lauren, v and her. Mm-hmm. And she's going to, and Lauren's going to start to realize some things that that Javi isn't always truthful. 
Javi, I mean, she probably already knows Javi plays games because she, remember, she was the third girl in the triangle that was willing to move to Delaware. So she already knows he plays games, but she's going to realize a lot more things when Kale starts to calm down, which reminds me of another, Kale's such a hypocrite. Remember when she was so angry that Joe and V were living together, that V was around her kid. She moved Javi right the fuck in. Mm -hmm. Last year, she was dating, I forget the lesbian's name. Uh, she was, why can't I think of her name? Wow, I it just was so totally it was so short. I don't even, I can't even think of it off the top of my head. But yeah, and she was there for extended periods of time, and they were she calling her Patty Lux. Absolutely, she would be if this had happened on Chris's end, she would be Hulk smashing yeah. down the street. Yes, but she's a hater. Kale views her kids as her kids. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. dads are just like there, but they're her children. Right. And she moved to Delaware, which I understand she had a real reason to move to Delaware, but she moved to Delaware. And if Joe had moved to Miami and was like, yeah, and now you have to meet me halfway from Miami, to, like, she would have been like, are you fucking crazy? Like, she would have been like, he's ridiculous. And I can't believe he's deciding to move to Miami when his kid lives here. Like, that's how she talks to people. And that's why it's so fun to watch her get it back sometimes. Yeah, it's Absolutely. so amazing that after watching herself on TV for however many years that God. she has not been like I has not realized like how much of an idiot she looks like all the time and isn't actively working on it in therapy. Because one, she does she's one of those people who doesn't think she needs therapy. She thinks she's smarter than a therapist. She's like yeah. she probably says things like I don't need therapy. I have friends. Yeah. Guess what? Your friends don't want to hear that shit all the time. <laughs> and they also can't help you because they're also like, they can't talk to you the way a therapist can. Two, she's very busy. She is really working a lot. She yeah. apparently flies to LA. Before that, she was flying to Georgia to film a podcast. <sighs> film, because they were doing video. flying to Texas so we can do our podcast together. Come over. I have such good barbecue recommendations. But <laughs> <laughs> come on. Would you but, let me like, come to your house? No. <laughs> like, like, hey guys, uh, you should know I bought a house today and I have a picture to post on Instagram. Like, I'm terrified, guys. I'm fucking terrified. I have a picture to post on Instagram, but I'm not going to be able to post it until I edit it to make sure you can't tell where I live because I am, ter- I like people coming to my house is like the worst thing ever. <laughs> so, like, um, so yeah, but definitely come to Texas and stay at a hotel and I'll meet you there. But like, <laughs> But like, um, she's flying everywhere. She's doing. She's like got the pothead thing, which I hope she didn't really put her money into. But um, she's busy. She's super busy. So she's gonna tell me she's too busy. That's what she's gonna say when you say, "Why are you not working on therapy?" And then she's gonna say, "I'm a mom of three. I have a mom life. I can't. I can't." Yeah, I, can't. I think you're exactly right. I just can't imagine like continuously watching myself on TV and seeing how awful I was and not being like. I'd like to get better. No, she always thinks she's right. She, when people come at her online, like with Janelle, Janelle's whole life is people tweeting her that she's a bad mother. Mm -hmm. Like that's, she probably gets that tweet 500 times a day. Um, but when, and she, she externalizes that, but she also internalizes it. That's why sometimes you see Janelle like doing like, why is Janelle posting 80 pictures of her kids today? And it's because she's trying to be like, look at me, look at me. When Kale gets things, 
she externalizes everything. It is never her fault. It is always MTV's fault, Javi's fault, Joe's fault, Chris's fault. It is her producer's fault. Oh, remember she changed producers? Mm -hmm. You remember, you know, part of the reason is because of that fight with fucking Brie. Because remember she said the producer kept her friend, I forget which friend it was. Oh, right, 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 right. Becky. It was Becky. I think, or no, 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 no. Bone. It was Bone. Bone. Kept Bone back. And if Bone had been out there, she doesn't believe that Brie would have tried to jump her. And that was a big thing after the reunion. She said she wouldn't work with that person again. And that's why she's got a new producer this year. So, like, it's the producer's fault. It's anybody. The fact that you tried to hit Brie in a, in a closed room, <laughs> it's not your fault. It's the producer's fault. So, Kale externalizes everything. So, when Kale gets that beating online, when she is, like, their haters, the, the edit's wrong, the producer, like, all these things, and she never thinks, well, maybe I should have done that. She, that's, not what she, that's not how she does it. She's never going to get better based on like seeing herself on TV because to her, she's like, that's the edit version. That's not actually how I look. They actually hired a stunt double to come in here and like punch uh, Joe and then run away and like file a restraining order on him or protect, you know, it wasn't a restraining order. It was like a protective order. Princess, could you imagine if you had to see yourself on TV? I can't even listen to myself on this fucking podcast on Sunday. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm like, no. And I could, and like you, I would never be on TV because the truth is I know my shit stinks. I know it. Yes. I, I'm not a good person. If I were a good person, I wouldn't have to try this fucking hard. Okay. So like, <laughs> that's the truth. If I was a good person, it'd be easier. So like, I'm not a good person. I know you're going to catch me like, picking my nose. I know you're going to catch me yelling at my kids. I know you're going to see like what I'm really like. And what I'm really like is a work in progress. And you don't need to fucking see that on TV. So no, I can't imagine that. But I really would like to get her income. She's living a good life, isn't she? Yes, she is. And on that, I think that's it for this week. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to plug anything? Um, yeah, guys, I do a podcast on the Emotionally Broken Psychos Network. It's called Spelling T, and it is about Tori Spelling, but it's not about Tori Spelling. Basically, I use Tori Spelling content, her movies, her books, her TV shows, as a backdoor to talk about whatever I want. And it's really fun, and it's on the Patreon. So if you are um, pledged for $5 or more a month, you can listen to me. I'm here every week. I also do bonus episodes. Uh, I'm doing a love after lockup bonus episode because I'd like to discuss what the fuck is going on there. And I'm also planning on doing something with um, Breaking Bonaducci because someone was great, was like so nice enough to send us the episodes. And I'm going to try to force Liz to do it. I haven't watched it. I'm too busy. But we're going to but- it we're gonna one day watch it and talk about it but we're not sure exactly here's the thing we were texting about it and we're like we can't overcommit to this no we can't like i would love to do another podcast where i just watch old seasons of reality tv shows like the first season of flavor of love guys the first season of flavor of love like to go back and have to watch if we did that, is the season of Surreal Life with Flamer Love and Brigitte, Brigitte Nielsen, which sparked his spinoffs. 
No, let's not do surreal life. If we did something we like that, we'd have to do their spin off. We couldn't even their spin. We couldn't even I don't know on flavor of love. There's so much history, princess. But we would just life. have to like there's but so that's fun. so much fun. But <laughs> I cannot commit, like I'm committed to so many things. I'm teaching a writer's workshop for underprivileged children. <laughs> I am like I am like I just bought a fucking house. Like, I'm, like, committed to so many things. Like, every time I show up to, like, a parent-teacher conference meeting or a therapy appointment, someone's like, oh, and you work? I was like, yeah, I work. And they're like, well, how do you do all this? And I turn into Dorinda Medley. I'm like, not well, bitch. (laughs) I don't do it. I'm not doing a good job. So, like, listen, I I don't know how we got here. But, like, your podcast? Yes, my podcast. I, I work really hard. I'm committed to it. And I have a lot of fun and we do bonus episodes because um, Liz and I both cannot commit to like another weekly show in addition to what we do. So like every now and then, like, and Troy does this too. Troy does bonus episodes um, from Smush Room. And if you listen to Realizing Stuff with Kara and, and Ryan, which is so good, they did a, um, a bonus episode where they just like really got real about personal things. And it was so good. Like, you really need to be on the Patreon. It's five bucks a month, and um, you get all this awesome stuff. So do it, and make sure you follow me at EBP underscore spelling T on Instagram. So, and, you know, my Instagram is not as popular as Liz's because I don't have breaking news. It's mostly me making fun of Tori Spelling's children. So, <laughs> but it's fun. I love making fun of Tori Spelling's children. Did you see her youngest son, Bo, had a, had a, like, Yo! MTV Raps second birthday party where they were wearing gold chains and had, like, Kangol hats on? I feel like that's not okay in 2019. <laughs> and there's a picture of the little baby just looking up at the cake with, like, like all this stuff on it. It's like, where the fuck am I? He's just going to get a, a pig party. No. And it was at like a place like a Chuck E. Cheese. And Candy Spelling showed up to like a Chuck E. Cheese like place. Candy Spelling walked in there and was like disgusted and was like, Where's my Purell? I will not be sitting down. I'm going to wear gloves this whole time. I kiss children. Here's (laughs) a check. Let's take a family photo. Bye. Granny loves you. And then she leaves. I think she sat out in her town car. Out in front of this place with sunglasses on, going, I don't have to go in here, do I? Can't you just come out from the bar? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Um, that's it. Liz, I love you very much. I really appreciate you having me on the show. I love you. Mazatov on your house. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Thanks. I'm I'm nervous. I'm real scared, guys. Send me money. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> Bye, guys. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an emotionally broken psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley Produced by Nicole Matthews Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos